0: Go to hankstrange.com, sign up for our email list, look around on the site. If you go on the merch link, like Lola's reminding me, it will take you to a link to uh, our our shirts that we have up there. If you're looking for the cool shirts, like Gun Nerds and the Lot Lao, all that kind of good stuff. You guys can find it over there as well. We also have uh, we've got patches on the website that you can purchase, and uh, while supplies last... When you get these patches, we've got uh, Gunvolt stickers, which I will show you right here. Boom, that we got from the NSSF and we are giving those away. Ooh, stickers. So there you go. That's all the good stuff that you guys can do. Smash those thumbs ups, ring the bell, share this with your friends as you're coming in. Welcome back to all you guys. We are back, I'm back here. I've got Kevin Dixie who I was been, I've been hanging out with for a few days as well. Let's see who we got in here right now. We got Kevin Dixie, there he goes. He's on the side with. I, he didn't. He's got his camera straight up and down, vertical. Do you need me to rotate it? Uh, it would be nice. It would be nice if you can do that. Um, right, how's that? Yeah, that's Is that good. better. Yeah, that's good. That's better. Boom. Let's see. Yeah. I think we've got Tig coming in here. Tig probably also has to rotate his camera. Um, uh, <laughs> nobody, no one rotates their camera anymore. This way? Yeah, yeah, go the other way, take this, there you go, boom, there we go, so now we've got everyone jumping in here. All right, there we go, we've got all the guys, let me smash the button, get this rolling.
1: Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, <laughs> <laughs> lifestyle, okay. subscribe,
0: logo. thumbs up, ring the bell so you guys can be notified we go live. Okay, this is gonna be a little bit crazy, so... Yeah, whatever. You guys are just gonna have to deal with it. We are joined by John Tig Tigan, right? That's the right way to pronounce it. Yep. See, I I learned that from the last time. I try to learn one thing every year. <laughs> yeah, just one thing. That's all you need to know. So we're joined by John Tigan Tig, as you guys know him, um, and he's gonna talk to us about an event that he had, Patriot Rally. In Denver, which I was out in Denver. I didn't even realize all that was going on, but I I, I wasn't part of that. We were out there. Uh, Kevin and I were out. Uh, we went through there to go to New Mexico to do some other stuff. Kevin Dixie's here of NOC. No other choice. What's going on, everybody? Um, I think you guys may all know each other. And then we also have John Crump from GOA slash oh, Land News. GOA? Am I? In? Yes. There you go. So John is going to. Uh, let me see what happened here. John is going to be is going to be attempting to uh, to uh, keep us all. How should I put this? Uh, you know, I, I think I would I would I would refer to it as uh, he's our news guy. That's probably the best way to put it, right, John? I'm the yeah. I'm the play by play
2: in Frank and in, right. uh, in ink. <laughs> yeah. It's- commentary guy. i'm
0: just saying that because there's people who complain when we talk about stuff today i don't know if you know about this i'm apparently not allowed to talk about certain things and then definitely john's not allowed to talk to me about stuff i'm not allowed to talk to him kevin <laughs> i know you don't let anyone tell you what to do john you don't. Know, you don't either uh-huh. so, yeah so yeah. what's how- apparently hank and i are not supposed to talk about black people yeah, so that's a whole other thing, which we will get into here. We're gonna get into that. So um, let me start off with Tig because you're you're you guys you're actually making news over the weekend.
3: Yeah, I tend to I tend to do that every now and then.
0: Yeah. So um, do you want to give us the rundown on what the Patriot rally was
3: and what led up to that? Like why why that rally was even going down? Well, I mean it, it, it kind of extends back from uh, July. I think it was like July 19th. They had a back to boot. Back the blue rally. Mm-hmm. Um it was sixth annual back the blue. And uh they kinda it got they didn't get as the, the as much people to show up as they did the previous years because uh they got word that you know Antifa, BLM, mm-hmm. and the Communist Party is supposed to come in and kind of counter protest it. So, you know, people were kinda like, Well, I'm not gonna go out there, I'm not gonna take my kids, I'm not gonna do this. Um, people ended up they didn't really cancel the whole thing, so you know Michelle was out there, you know Randy Corbin was out there and stuff. And unfortunately, I wasn't there. I was doing a shooting competition, mm-hmm. and the 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 protesters they came in and and just started attacking people. You know, people got hit hit hitting the head with skateboards. They were hitting uh, sixty seven year old you know men and women, and just attacking everybody. Mm-hmm. Police were told to stand down. Uh, the only reason why they got out of there was because of one uh, uh, SWAT lieutenant who said, "No, I'm not leaving these guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there and get them out." So that's the only reason why everybody was able to get out of there. And they had about 20 bikes, I guess, down in the in the circle that they had to escort out. They were kicking them, hitting them. Um, one guy actually got hit so bad he dropped his bike, and his bike had to you get pushed out by somebody else. Okay, um, but so you know and then just other things was kind of going on you know people wanted to do you know a little bit more rallies but you know they were trying to you know the left was trying to intimidate them and shut them down and it was working Mm -hmm. i did this one because i'm tired of you know i'm I'm tired of them trying to silence us when they sit there and say that they're they're the ones oppressed, they're the ones being silenced Mm -hmm. well actually you're silencing everybody else is what you're trying to do um so i did it and within about 24 with less than 24 hours, the Democrat or the Democrat, same thing. Uh, the Denver Communist Party uh, did a counter protest, is what they're to uh, to the muster. Uh, mm-hmm. They called it soup drive, and so they're collecting cans of soup and uh, you know doing that for the homeless. They say, but you know, in my mind, being a military guy, yeah, okay, that's what you're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. It just <clears> happened <throat> to conveniently
0: fall at the same time that your your rally was going down.
3: Oh, it was. They even mentioned it, it's a counter pro, It's a counter protest to our muster. They okay. straight up post and everything, saying we're going to again. They wanted to shut us down. They wanted to silence us. They wanted to be louder than us. Mm. Uh, and and then we obviously we got people on their feed just like they do on our feeds, mm. saying that you know the BLM feeds, the Antifa feeds, and the communist feed that they're going to come in and immediately just do what they did at the back the blue rally. Well, we all know what they did at the back of blue round. They literally attacked people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Denver PD got involved. They're like, well, we're not going to allow this to happen the same way it did the first time. So they end up putting barriers up in between us. I mean, there, there was a pretty good distance. A good, mm-hmm. I would say, close to you know, 75 yards mm-hmm. um, that they had in between us. Um, you know, when we first got there, we ended up showing up a little bit early um probably about a good uh i don't know 30 of us uh showed up with my well i started an organization called united american defense force so i had them out there with us you know they had the riot gear stuff on pretty much not battle rattle because they weren't carrying long guns nothing like that but just like riot gear protective stuff mm-hmm. um so we got there again about one o'clock we had an agitator that, that showed up and he was wearing i call him the black guns matter guy because that's the shirt he was wearing right and so he was there, I mean, just trying to get in my face, you know, obviously he walks up, you're nothing but a racist, white supremacist, you're, a, you, you know, all kinds, of whatever, you know, everything that they always say normally, you mm-hmm. know, dialogue, even if you try trying to engage with them, it's, it's, it's worthless. Okay. So uh, that guy
0: that we all saw in the video of this, uh, that, that was coming out here that had the uh, Black Guns Matter shirt on was trying to uh, get you started. Yeah, he was
3: trying to get anybody and everybody he could he could get um, any okay. anybody caller that came in uh, to, to support the patriot mustard. They were just calling him a house house brother, you mm-hmm. know. Okay. Uh, so. And, mm-hmm. uh,
0: I, mean, I mean, you do you you know Marsh, right? You know that uh, Black Guns Matter has to do with Marge Taray. I think you guys know each other, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. I
3: saw his post. He he. He didn't really claim him after after the incident happened, but, you know, I forgot exactly what he said. You know, he's like, well, if he shot him, then the guy deserved it. I don't think, you know, he really knew the whole situation either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think
0: Maj just put a lot of stuff out there on this. Uh, I did try to reach out to him. I think he's really busy right now. But uh, Black Guns Matter is not like Maj is not says he doesn't have anything to do with that guy. And that, no, that guy is an agitator. That's like oh. Marsh, for example, was showing some other footage of that guy at other events doing the same thing.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. last right. February I wrote about
0: him. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he uh, his name was uh, Jacob Kelly. Um, he's really well known in the Antifa circles mm-hmm. and the BLM circles. Uh, I've done a lot of research into him. Okay. So yeah, a Black Lives Matter. He's more uh, Antifa type of guy.
0: Right. Yeah. You you I mean, you you understand that, right? All right, take.
3: Oh yeah, no, I, mm-hmm. I knew I knew him. Claim him, mm-hmm. uh, but that I didn't, you know, without, a, you know, without knowing who he was. That's the only thing I could go off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, plus, I was trying to get Maj a lot of advertisement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't control who buys our shirts and stuff like that, but we can definitely tell who we're dealing with with the attitudes, right? And I'm not sure if it's some kind of ploy by people out there like a deliberate ploy to have these things and try to get them on the news and involved in something to make people who are out there trying to do positive things look
3: bad. Yeah, cuz when he initially walked up, he had a he had a hoodie on, so he was so the the Black Guns Matter shirt was uh was covered. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we, we came in, we, we actually allowed 9 news, you know, obviously they came in, they came in with the with the murder, um, with the mm-hmm. shooter. Mhm. Yeah did the rally thing but of course you know we asked him like who's this guy with you he's like oh he's he's security Mm -hmm. so um you know the the other guy obviously we didn't let him in there's another uh, wannabe reporter guy we didn't let in that always follows the antifa and pretty much the rioters and looters and tries and tries to antagonize people as well we didn't let him in um but you know for the most part the rally went good you know the the Communist Party, they're over there obviously shouting all their hate stuff. You know we had some Proud Boys that showed up in you know into the muster and you know mm-hmm. out there man, they're just comical. It's it's it was just funny. I mean there's nothing really derogatory at them to uh, the <laughs> the uh, Communist Party. You know they're all sitting there saying they hate you. You know we want to you know kill you. We want to silence you stuff and they're just out there saying, we love you. You know, it was, it was funny. It was just back and forth chant like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, herself, you know, out about 200 people I'd say showed up, maybe a little bit over 200, mm-hmm. which well, it should have been a lot more, but I was getting messages from people, you know, I would like to bring my kids. I would like to come down, but I'm just, I'm just afraid something's going to happen. Cause I'm afraid they're going to, they're going to attack mm-hmm. me. again. Did not be it. You shouldn't have to fear that. But anyways, so as we're getting ready to wrap it up, because I wasn't going to be there all day, I was just trying to make you know just a point and just leave, let the cops you know that way not you know you know not make the cops stand outside all day. But I knew they're going to have to deal with them that, that night too. So I cut it cut it short. It's only about an hour and a half we were there. But just prior to us uh, exiting the the nine, nine news producer, the shooter and the agitator uh, were all grouped together talking. Okay. Then as we started exiting, they kind of broke up, you know. And then they, then the agitator immediately came over. Obviously, you know, the all the cameras are following this guy now, and you know he's just immediately just starts going at people trying to agitate him. He's literally walking up to uh, um, Joe Altman, his dad. Dad's black. He's white course, they always say Joe he's racist too, but walks right up to his dad. His dad's an older veteran. Um, I think he's in a, he's, he's about in his sixties or something, and walks up to him. this kid's like in his twenties. Mm-hmm. And first thing out of his mouth, I'm gonna beat your ass. Knowing mm-hmm. who the guy is, and you know, his. the I, I don't remember Joe's dad's name, but he just kind of looks at him, and just smiles and laughs. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, okay, whatever, and just. And so he turns his attention to another another gentleman. You know, he walks off. He went after about four people uh, and tried to get in, just trying to agitate. And one, he went after one of the females that was there again, got in her face. And this is when I was actually coming out and was getting ready to go over there. And she just turned and walked away. So I kind of walked away. And then I don't know if there, I think my live feed's still up there, but you can see when I started live feeding, I was filming the altercation between. Uh, the agitator and uh, one of the proud boys, you know, they are pretty much nose, nose to nose, really, you know, I and mean, he was just bowing up to, him. Mm-hmm. you know, I walked there for a fight. <clears throat> I was, you know, I was there just for a muster mm-hmm. and I walked up, you know, kind of you know, tapped him, say, Hey man, let's go. It's just not even worth it. We turned, walked, you know, then next to you know, my whole organization, we all kind of left together with a lot of the people that are inside the rally. You know, there's a crowd that was out there, you know, obviously cheering us on, you know, saying yeah, that was awesome, whatever. We just kind of kept going. I was—you can see it again. You can see it on the live feed. I was videoing it. And I was kind of seeing what the cops would do during the altercation between uh, the Proud Boy and the agitator. But they were—they were just kind of just standing back, just kind of letting it escalate. And that's—I mm-hmm. you know, was kind of surprised by that. I figured they would have kind of came in or got a little bit closer, but they didn't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so we left. We we're probably—I don't know—almost a block away when we heard the gunshot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, again, some of the, some of the groups like stayed, stayed back Casper, he's running for Congress. He stayed back cause he showed up. He was actually one of the, one of the guys that he went uh, up and got in the face and called him a house brother and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're staying back and the group that Tex was with, he was part of another, a whole nother uh, organization. I think it was like the Reapers or something like that. Don't really remember, but um they got an altercation don't know don't know what started it yet don't know how they started engaging but i'm pretty sure he probably just walked up to them and just started going off like he did with everybody else Mm -hmm. Uh, then you know text some reason the shooter uh,
1: uh,
3: yeah i'm sorry we're getting a
0: little bit of feedback from you yeah
3: Turns, turns towards the individual walks over and with about six to nine seconds, you hear the gunshot, you know, mm-hmm. and I actually just saw some pretty good uh, little layout, some still pictures just before you, about five minutes before you called mm-hmm. and a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. But definitely tell that. Um, well, well I, I can, from my point of view, it looked like Tex kind of walked over, stopped, and that kid kind of approached him uh text you know kind of put up his pepper spray didn't spray him um the kid reached out looked like it was because his arm was already down and the, these are all still shot mm-hmm. one, one, one day we'll see the uh the actual probably video footage but
0: yeah, i think the but, i think the the uh the cops there had lots of uh, or at least a couple of cameras rolling
1: so yeah, they've well, seen the,
0: footage we haven't seen we're getting stuff from people doing live things and maybe photographers that were on the scene right
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, you know, what my point of view when just seeing the still pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, Tex had his arm up. It looks like he brought his arm down. As that kid was coming in to either shove him or grab the mace, Tex slapped him. And at the same time he's slapping him, you can see him. He totally steps back. And that kid immediately goes to uh, goes to draw his pistol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets pull from his holster. That's when Tex came up and and sprayed him. it's by the time he was spraying he was already you know presenting the presenting the pistol and mm-hmm. one shot mm-hmm. um so and you know everybody knows now that uh, he was supposed to be a security guard for nine news mm-hmm. he has no he has no ccw license so he was mm-hmm. you know everything that he was doing was illegal and if you are down there you have to identify yourself as security mm-hmm. and didn't have any of that you know he was he was known i known leftist. I mean, he was a Bernie supporter. I mean, you got you guys know, but he was a mm-hmm. Bernie supporter. He was a open wall, what uh, Occupy Wall Street during that time. So he was a totally left left leaning individual. And the fact that Nine News hires this guy, obviously mm-hmm. he didn't. Pinkerton, I think, is saying he they, he never worked for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nine News hires this guy, brings him to a you know a pro must a patriot muster, but again, it wasn't a pro. Uh, police. It wasn't a pro Trump. It was just a patriot muster. Patriots, come out! Stop being afraid. And that's all it was. Come on out. It's, it you'll be fine. And, and pretty much we were fine, except for when Nine News brings a freaking shooter to the mm-hmm. to an event. Well, you guys, way,
0: did you? So did you all? I'm not talking about whether or not you were concealed carrying, but did you guys go there uh, outwardly armed, like rifles uh, slung or anything like
3: that? Nope, uh, Denver. You're not allowed to open carry. You have to conceal carry in Denver. Okay, all right, but but yeah, I go everywhere I go. I'm armed, uh, just because you know I get I get the nice I, I get the love letters from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure I get love back if I have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are guys that in the organization obviously they carry. There's some that don't carry. You know, we have you know people that just they just don't want to carry but they'll carry you know obviously something to uh, protect themselves with it, but not a pistol
0: yeah okay so i think john has some info here that he can give us um on this guy that's the shooter because there's a lot of stuff out there like it was this guy pinkerton you know um clearly he wasn't licensed denver already uh you know they already looked into that right so that's why this guy's locked up he wasn't licensed or registered like john said uh or like tig said so what do you what can you tell us about him john you're muted. I think. Sorry, right. Uh, You're yeah.
2: absolutely right. Uh, he was and then left this an, an Occupy uh, Wall Street guy, and he did have connections with um, a lot of the left-leaning groups.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Nine News con- contracted with Pinkerton. Uh, Pinkerton subcontracted out to another vendor. I haven't been able to the name of the other vendors that he subcontracted out to, mm-hmm. and. He- was an employee of that other vendor so he was a subcontractor to Pinkerton um, and he wasn't supposed to be armed at all there okay. uh, so he took it upon himself to you know violate his contract with Pinkerton and carry arm because he wasn't licensed as an armed security guard
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: or have any type of security license
0: whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So so that's what happened there with him. So obviously, I mean, Kevin, if you if you have anything or or John, even if you have anything, you know, feel free to to jump in there. But uh, Tig, you know, I reached out to you because in in the beginning when I was hearing about this out in New Mexico uh, at the event that Kevin and I were doing, um, I I was aware it was happening in Denver But, you know, I I didn't realize it had anything to do with you. And then at some point I started seeing, like, oh, this, you know, Tig Tigan involved in that. So what's your, like, what's your take on this whole thing, man, being that you put on this event, you had a, you know, as you told us, you had a reason why you did it. Like, after this now, what's your take on everything that went down? It
3: was pretty much it. Everything that happened, I figured was going to happen, except for I didn't really think someone was going to get blasted in the face. Um, I, mm. I knew they're over there they going to try to they're going to get they're going to try to get get in a fight. Um, they're going to be agitating the whole entire time, and I figured there would have been a little bit of a, a fight uh, along the way, either coming in or going out. Um, mm. So I mean, it wasn't really surprising that they were out there doing that. But again, we didn't go after them; they came after us, just like I said they would. Mm-hmm. Just like I told everybody, they're going to come in because that's what they do. They sit there and say that we're the aggressors, we're the attackers, we're the oppressors. No, they are everything that they say we are. Mm-hmm. Everything. Um, reminds me of th- the brown shirts. Yeah, what's that? It reminds me of the brown shirts. Exactly. I mean, we. I think we as just as patriots, just Americans in general, we need to start shutting these people down. We need to start coming together and standing on the streets and telling them, no, we're done. We're tired of you destroying our city. Protest, protest not mm-hmm. a big deal. I mm-hmm. want to get like what they did at back the blue and what they do at the, uh, some of these other places. You know, even, even when you're doing, uh, you know, the, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the Trump rolling March thing with the vehicles, they said, and they want to attack your vehicle because, you have a different ideology than them. We don't go out there and attack them, but it's come to a point where we might have to start doing that. Mm-hmm. old. I mean, you literally have a communist party saying they're going to attack Americans on American soil because mm-hmm. it's, it's sad. And, and people and the sad thing is the other sad thing is people are scared. They're legitimately scared to come out and do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, so the, I think um, I'm trying to understand what's your most important thing that you were trying to get out of this. You're trying to get instead of people staying home and being intimidated by folks who are saying "Don't come out here," you know, don't have anything to say, and then when and when you do, they're they're deliberately trying to get you guys into a situation, right? Because I think you said you saw these three people involved in in a conversation, right? The the shooter, uh, some a producer or something from the news, and then the guy that was wearing the "Black Guns Matter" shirt, right? Okay, so. You know, you're trying to let people come out here. Um, do you do you do you want to are you now saying that you want to use the same tactics or you just don't want people to be afraid? And if you know, if they're out there obviously exercising their rights as well to come out and rally or even protest or whatever, and then someone decides, well, I'm going to, you know, come in here and go after you guys every time you do this, then you have to defend yourself. Or are you saying to be more proactive than that? No,
3: I'm not, I'm not going to go after I'm not going to there's no reason to be the aggressor because they're gonna come at you Mm -hmm. you don't again I've been standing up with against them since July Mm -hmm. um I you know down here in Colorado Springs Again, they've been mostly peaceful never even engaged with them for but for some reason they're scared to death of me Mm -hmm. again last time I showed up they were they were out protesting at a cop's house and they started attacking the neighbors because they wanted to get home they're trying to drive through the the protesters and they start attacking the vehicles you know you allow people to go home man Mm -hmm. don't be a douche but they end up pulling a gun on them ended up pulling a gun on them you know it's so i got i I heard the word i put the call out we had about Mm -hmm. 80 80 armed 80 armed guys and women Mm -hmm. show up in them well within about 45 minutes i wasn't there to protect the cops you know of course that's what they claim i was doing i wasn't i'm not gonna protect the cops cops protect themselves um and we were there standing next to the neighbor who they actually went to the house and tried to attack him mm-hmm. um again you know you you want to get violent I'll, I'll show up you want to protest i ain't gonna show up what mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was that up in denver you know we were just there i was just there with the, you know about 20 people and just kind of seeing what's going on you know it's just just watching they literally came a block out of the way to try to antagonize us and be the aggressors we didn't we didn't approach them they approached us Mm -hmm. but every they say that we're the aggressors we're the attackers you know Mm -hmm. we're the one violence and destruction Mm -hmm. you know they're up they're gonna kill me kill my dog one of the women that were there say i'm gonna rape you later bitch and so it's Mm -hmm. like of course we again you can say all you want to say i'm just i'm just laughing inside and i'm smiling
0: Mm -hmm. all you gotta do is launch. So why do you think that, like uh, whoever it is in Denver, I'm not sure what the political standing or background is uh, uh, in Denver, right, or Colorado the Dem- in general, huh? The Democrat. Democrat liberal. Yep. Okay, so you think they're just deliberately standing back and letting these guys do what they have to do to what? What's the end game here?
3: Um, since well, since actually since that night that I was talking about, you know, they did over four million dollars in damages hmm. since. They actually, I would have to admit, Denver PD has been doing a really good job in cracking down on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I mean, they're not letting them do anything. That when they start seeing them do violence, they're jumping in. So again, there's no reason I don't go downtown. There's no reason really for, for us to go downtown anymore. Okay. Because yeah. PD, I mean, they're doing their job. Again, I'm just I'm just here to make sure that you know stuff like Wisconsin, Portland, Seattle, shit like that doesn't happen. I mean, uh, you had a. <laughs> A group that sets up six, what, nine city blocks and causes it an inside the United States in a major city, and nobody does a damn thing about it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're extorting the business for $300 a day mm-hmm. for not doing business. Mm-hmm. They, I think it was like five or six women end up getting raped during this time, and what, three people got killed? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so, I think at some point uh, when that was all dissolved, there were negotiations before that, and I'm not sure – what they exactly gave those guys to dissolve that whole thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm plugging the phone in. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. And, you know, I'm sitting there kind of waiting. Well, where are all these uh, so called militias and 3% groups? When are they going to start standing up? Cause Is that's, isn't that what they're designed for? For things that are, you know, chaos in the streets. You have to kind of keep the order. Mm hmm. Um, but they weren't doing it. So they weren't really standing. So I was like, screw it. I'll start my own thing. And, mm-hmm. and after, you know, I went down the first, the first one that, or well, the second one that I did, I, again, I had about, I did a call out. We had about 80 to 90, 90 people show up. Um, and cause we heard Antifa was supposed to be, there was about 300 during a bus, like 300. I actually I heard anywhere between 300 to a thousand. I was believing more on the 300 side, but, I think it was actually, you know, being like a handful of them actually came in. They're all from out of state just like I was told. But the fact that we were there actually heated them cuz we had a infiltrator that went inside. They they were talking to a few of them again. He did they didn't know who he was, but they were opening up their backpacks. He always carried the backpacks and they they had rocks, frozen water bottles again, the, the whole fireworks thing. And as they're talking, they're saying, "You know, we're supposed to we're coming down here just so we can start destroying the Destroying everything down here, but these guys are here and they're pointing at us.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So again, I mean, we didn't have to do anything but just show up. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, what can you
0: tell us about this guy? I think I heard you refer to him as Tex. So, did you the the guy that
3: got shot and died here? Right. Do you know this guy? Nope, never knew him. I I, I met him that day briefly. Of course, I meet a lot of people when I do things. Mm-hmm. Um. So, no, I didn't know him. Uh, he his his group came out with us one night uh, down in Aurora, uh, but I know he was a hat maker. I guess he uh, he was very well known for making hats. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching, of it, and uh, he makes like the Charlie Daniels hat. You know, the big bull hats. And, but he makes them all, all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He was a veteran, American patriot. Obviously, he was mm-hmm. he was a father. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but you know he was a pretty nice guy. Uh, Might have been, you know, maybe a little overzealous at times but i mean who isn't but uh i haven't heard anything really negative about the guy Mm -hmm. so okay have you looked at the news media
0: that's uh, like what's come out in the actual news media you know where i I look at us as being social media what we're doing here right uh except for john john is john is credentialed thank thank you (laughs) yeah um but we're we're the rest of us are technically in in, in uh, social media but the actual news media coming out and talking about this have you looked at any of that like how they're reflecting on uh, the victim here the guy that was arrested for the shooting that was supposed to be a security guard even yourself
3: uh I haven't really watched the news itself I've kind of read a couple things of course you know we're anytime you're a patriotic you come out the way, way I do they're always gonna, Put you in the bad light, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even I mean, if, if a freaking dude killed freaking twenty kids in the process, they, I would still be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's just you. Um, but no, I really haven't been watching the news because I'm just waiting on information to come out before. I mean, I people are asking me, like me, obviously, you know, I got news. They're trying to hit me up. Hey, come do an interview. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to do an interview an hour after something happens. I'm mm-hmm. not going to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah they just want to be the first ones to put something out so i had about 50 freaking requests for news mm-hmm. have you done any interviews
0: since this since this happened no i'm doing them on monday morning monday oh, okay so we're getting like an exclusive yeah so yeah, you better so it, uh, kevin i know you're getting some tough questions ready here for tig uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, i mean to me it's um it's relatively simple there's one thing that we can draw out of this and That's patience, right? Because I saw the steel shots Mm -hmm. when we got back from New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the steel shot just shows a guy getting slapped, then, you know, a guy getting maced, and then a guy falling. So the steel shots, without explanation, make it look like that the guy, um, you know, uh, slapped him in the face, then maced him and was shot in the process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks looks pretty one-sided. I'm smart enough to know, depending on who's putting it out, to do some more research and, you know, keep my mouth shut and tied. Kind of get some more information so really the question isn't tough tig's pretty clear about his stance on things um and if you were going to go out and present a message i mean that's what we do we're americans i think that what people need to realize though that aren't really uh plugged in is that i get antifa is one thing right now, now i'm a guy that's turned down antifa members when they ask could they train with me i've turned them down because so i don't i don't like what they represent right mm. um then there's uh, the BLM uh, portion of it. What I would like for people to understand is there are two parts of BLM, two, two big ones anyway, right? I'm not going to say there aren't subsets. There are the people that are protesting, whether you agree or disagree with them, they show up, they protest, they go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then there are the people that wait till it gets dark and they go around and they start doing the, the <laughs> destruction and the rioting. Um, so I think that all Americans are against um, the chaos. More Americans than not. Even when you look back to Louisville, when that erupted several months ago, there was a uh, a riot officer that got separated from his unit, and he was by himself. Yep. And you saw a line of black men around him and linked arms and mm-hmm. keeping a crowd at me, so you're not going to attack this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. none of us are with that. Nobody is, right? So I think that when we have incidents where somebody shows up to cause problems like violent problems, not because I want to argue with you, not because I want to show that my sign is meaner than yours and none of that crap. But when they want to show up and they want to be physically violent, they want to um, incite those type of things. And I think obviously, you know, as anybody should, you should be ready to deal with that because you get into kind of a thing, right? Like I understand the parent in me, especially understands like, yo, they're going to be causing chaos. I don't want to be a part of it. Let me let me stay home. But then there's the other part of me that's like, well, if I got something to say, because I'm a very vocal person. So if I got something to say, damn it, I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. And I want I should be able to go anywhere and stand for what I stand for, and not feel like I'm going to be attacked because of my beliefs. That's not something we should be up under. And if they're out there doing, I'm listening to Tig explain a story about what happened, which I was waiting on. Right, I've listened to other stories, mm-hmm. and now I'm listening to the man himself say what happened. And if 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 half of that is true. Um, the fact that you shouldn't have been out there with a gun, the fact that you're with a group of people that are looking for conflict, um, the fact that, you know, you looks like you were actually drawing a gun to shoot this guy from a simple assault, which, guess what? It's not legal to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was trying to mace you to prevent from being shot. And unfortunately, he didn't win that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if any of that, if the majority of that is the way that it really is, then I think that we do have a problem. I'm seeing a lot of videos. Um, And I'm pretty neutral. You know, I don't do the political stuff. I'm pretty neutral. Uh, And I tell it like it is. But when I do see the majority of these videos coming out, uh, some of them are 30 minutes long, some of them are 30 seconds long. But when I see the majority of these videos coming out, I am seeing people that identify, they call themselves left or leftist, or they identify that way, or Antifa, where they are going up, breaking out car windows, they're going up, you know, getting in people's faces and things like that. I think we just seen a video that went viral from Las Vegas where they were trying to like beating on a truck window and a, a kid got out, ran across, kind of pushed the dude across the street. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't agree with everything Tig says. I'm pretty sure he doesn't agree with everything I said, but when I see him or when I engage with him, I'm going to respect him like a man. That, mm-hmm. Like that's it's okay. We can, we can say, ah, oh, like, you know, baseball and I hate football or whatever. Like you, you got these things, but when you get to the point to where somebody's not free to stand Flat-footed, and not worry about you physically assaulting them, then you're not going to run me in the house either. So if we're going to have a conflict, damn it, we're going to have a conflict. Mm-hmm. So um, in this, in this, in this situation, and some of the more recent situations that have been going on with these Antifa members attacking people, I, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I agree with Tig on that. Like, at when do we say enough is enough? Because you can't make me stay in the house because you're going to show up. Yeah, like that's not okay, right? So when, when do we say enough is enough? And damn it, if you can't stand over there. And speak your piece. I can't stand over here and speak my piece. And maybe we do yell at each other, but we all go home. You don't touch me. You don't look for a reason to kill me and maim me. If um, if you think that anybody well, anybody with with, with a sack is going to say, well, let me sit in the house because if I go outside, there might be danger. You live. You're in the wrong. I mean, we lose. We
0: lose. If we can't go out there and say what we have to say, we lose. And as Tig was saying in the beginning, um, I've seen the footage. Right. The footage is these two groups. You know, like I think they called it dueling, dueling groups, and you had these two groups massively. So I was even thinking to myself, can they even hear each other over there, like what they're what they're shouting? But it's fine. That's what freedom is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be able to go out there and say what we have to feel and not agree with each other. And we even used to be able to do that in America, like not so far separated. We could be face to face, not agree with each other argue it out, discuss it out. And then we didn't feel like, Hey, I got to kill this guy
1: over it. And I also want Americans to realize that even through all this, because one thing that, you know, I will say that the left is really good at they're, they're great at marketing. They are really good at that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even when you look at BLM now, uh, Tig, I don't know if you know, Hank knows John, I don't know if you know either. I spoke out against BLM and Instagram put me on a 30 day punishment. <laughs> couldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't, okay. Right. Because even with all their moves, even with them supporting Antifa or aligning with Antifa or whatever that relationship is, even BLM, while we're having all these other things going on in the country and they're causing all the, the chaos, the organization BLM doesn't even support me, me as a black man, mm-hmm. right? And on their own website, which I was part of the reason they took that stuff down, it's like on your own website. You were saying that you are about destroying the nuclear family. Well, one of the things that any community needs, including the black community, Mm -hmm. is you need fathers at home. You need pillars. You need families. Right. Right. So how are you about bettering people if you want to really destroy the foundation of what builds good people? Right. It doesn't make sense. And they go on to say that their movement is their words, their words. And I'm paraphrasing here, but they are about the advancement of transgender uh, men and women to show that they can be leaders. And you read their entire about section. They are nothing about black men. They mentioned not one thing. And so when they go out, the part of them that are causing the destruction, the chaos, and what Americans to steadily argue, we're bickering, and not necessarily the guys on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but we're bickering with each other collectively, right? And they're in the middle, and they don't give a damn about none of us, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why we need to all take a step back and just say, well, you know what? If nothing else, if I can't stand out and speak my message without you thinking you're going to intimidate me back into the house, we're going to have a problem. But they aren't, they aren't, they're no more for me than they are for Tig, you, or John. They mm-hmm. want to see us all, you know, biting at each other so they can ultimately gain control. So I think when you ask Tig, what's the end game? I can tell you one thing that they, they're done with these riots, they're doing with these riots. Downtowns, it is known, most downtowns are in close proximity of poor communities, right? Normally you cross over a street, and all of a sudden you're in a poor community mm-hmm. once you get past all the high-rises and stuff like that. And TIFA and BLM, while they're talking about that they are about, you know, making sure the country is free and equal. What they're really doing as a consequence of their actions and they're doing it on purpose is they're making sure gentrification becomes a lot easier. When you do those things, you drop property values down. It makes it easy for investors to come in. They did the same thing in Ferguson. So the community you claim that you care about, you're actually lowering their property values and you're increasing gentrification in their areas. Mm-hmm. So we're, so and for a lot of different reasons, we're all being fooled. They did that in Ferguson. Uh, Mike Bloomberg actually had boots on ground in Ferguson. He was there in Ferguson, try to convince all the guys to go home, all the shop owners to go home. Mm-hmm. He tried to convince them of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the guys I interviewed for NRA TV confirmed that. Mm-hmm. Right. And what happened? They burnt that area. up, Right. Chaos ensued. And some investment group like it's 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 behind wall after wall after wall. But some investment group that he is somehow connected to all of a sudden right there where the chaos happened, built a brand new hospital. Right. So when you start really looking at what they're doing, they want to see America fall. They want to see us in chaos. Not saying we should uh, avoid the tough issues to talk about, not saying there aren't problems. But these people don't even care about the problems. They only care about chaos.
0: Yeah, yep, I agree with that. I remember seeing that. Do you guys remember that footage of a young black woman talking to Biden where they gave her the statement to say? And she said, I'm not going to say this. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing her here. But she said, you know, they get she, she got up to the mic um, and she said they gave me this statement and they want me to read from it. But I'm not going to do that, you know, and I'm going to tell you that I, I'm an American <laughs> and I don't you know, I, I want to protest. I want to talk about some things that are happening that I think that are wrong, but I don't want to burn down my city because I'm I'm the one that's going to suffer from that. You know, this is essentially what she's saying. Uh, I'm sure there's some folks out there who've seen that. So, you know, this is the funny thing, right? This is where all the lines... Because I guess if, like, black thought doesn't matter unless you agree with these people who are laying out what we should be thinking as black people, right? Or we should be thinking as people. This is happening uh, in lots of different things. So even within guys in the gun community, we don't all just walk in step with whatever someone tries to tell us, this is what you feel like in the gun community, right? Right. we, Right. we, We know what we think and what we believe individually, and we should be able to express that without people trying to force us you know to step in line and follow some kind of plan, and I think it goes back to what you're saying, Tig. It's an intimidation. I see it happening on a lot of different levels. I know personally, for me, speaking out, looking at things that are happening, and talking about it. There's people like, oh no, you shouldn't, you you should not do that. Yep. You know, um, can you tell us, uh, John? I don't know if you want to add anything here. Did you have something you wanted to add?
2: Yeah, uh, you and I have been through that a little bit over, like, uh, the past few days, I
0: guess. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if anyone wants – I don't know if John wants to really get into this or not, but yeah. I'll talk about it. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Basically, I was contacted – first, one of my friends uh, sent me a message saying, what did you do? You pissed off these people. Mm -hmm. So – well, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and he's my friend, so he can say whatever whatever he wants, you know. So he expressed his opinion of what was going on, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I get a call from someone I've never spoken to before. And basically what they were saying is that since I'm a white guy, we talked about the negligent discharges at the in-fact rallies. Um. And there was two. One wasn't an fact guy. One apparently wasn't an fact guy, but it was at one of their rallies. So we talked, Hank and I talked about that. And they said, you're a white guy, so you shouldn't be talking about black issues, about black people. Um, I'm like, well, I'm reporting the news. It was national news. I'm a journalist. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't look at what the color of the person's skin is. If it's news, I report it. Especially when you have a guy um, that makes a video that's totally wrong and have no idea what he's talking about, that kind of raises the <laughs> the I guess the stature of the reporting. Mm-hmm. So Hank had a video on the second uh, indie, um, and we talked about it. And Hank uh, was like, "Do you think that do you think that um, this guy was in fact?" I was like, "I, I don't know." Hank's like, well, how do you become a member? In fact, don't you just show up? Apparently, they took issue with that and thought Hank was trying to pander to the white community. That's what I got out of it, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Um, They said, well, if you do talk about black issues, you're not allowed to talk about it with him. I'm like, what
0: are you talking Uh, about? That's all crazy. I mean, first of all, we can't. Here's the thing I want to illustrate to you guys. We can't talk to those guys. They've already said they don't care about a gun community, much less what I think about them, what Maj thinks about them, or Kevin. So, you know, I've all, I've always extended uh, the, the invitation for people to come on here. When I, when I reached out to Tig today, right? Tig, you could tell me whether this is true or not. I reached out to you because your name was in that thing. And I know yep. you, and I wanted to know what was up, right? Yep. Um, did I ask you to come on? I, I thought to myself if, if something's going on here it would be cool but you i think you said to me hey if you want me to talk about this on your podcast i'll come on and talk about it
3: no i think you sent me a picture of a gun really? so I a, yeah i think it was a threat so i figured i'd come on
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah he's gonna joke with you for a long time right 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 my, my uh-huh if it's
2: if, if it's a friend saying, "Hey, I don't think you should talk about that or mm-hmm. whatnot, that that's one thing. yeah okay, you' you're my friend, I trust you, you you know I, I value your opinion and I'll mm-hmm. take your opinion. I might not use your opinion, but I'll at least listen to your opinion. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody I never talked to that somehow got my phone number and decides to call me up and tell me I'm not allowed to talk about something, guess what I'm gonna do talk i'm gonna talk about that yeah. and if want and if you want me to say this guy called me up i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna say your name i'm not gonna say who you are um, i've never spoken to you before i'll probably never speak to you again um the way the conversation ended i'm pretty sure i'm, I'm never gonna to speak to them again mm-hmm. yeah but yeah.
0: We're gonna we're gonna do and say what we want to do, um, and that's the thing. And I think that so in this particular case, Tig, this is your this is your event that you had, and yep. still I know you said that the media was trying to talk to you. You're not an actual witness to what happened, right? To the nope. to, to what happened, you were there, you were in the event, but you know you're still willing to come on and talk about it. Yep, I think you've been through. This is a terrible thing for that guy who lost his life. And his family, and I'm sure that even the, once you, I don't know, people, I don't know if people understand this. Once you get into something like this, so even the person who's still alive, you're going to have to now deal with this forever. Right? And you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of what you did. And the people around you are going to have to deal with that. And this is why sometimes we have to think about those kinds of things. But Tig's here. I think he's willing to talk to everyone, tell us what happened, have the discussions about it. uh, There's other people out there that are doing things and not willing to get out and talk to anyone except the people who would just want to shut up and, you know, go by whatever they say and be intimidated by them.
3: Yeah. Again, it would have been a fine, peaceful muster, but they came over to us Mm -hmm. and otherwise it would have been a muted issue. I mean, we would have just went in there, did what we did and, Mm -hmm. you know, be be home before dinner Mm -hmm. Uh, but no they had they had to come over to us and make sure something happened Mm -hmm. again it was uh pre-planned by nine news and probably even the denver post because the denver post chick was all over it as well too Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's the sad thing because now when we do things i used to let the you know the press come in and just kind of be around us not anymore yeah i'm not going to trust them in any way shape or form i'm not even going to allow them near us because like, i don't know who they're going to bring in and i don't even know if they're going to do something because even the uh that producer for nine news he wasn't he wasn't dressed like a news reporter at all i mean he he looked like he was ready to again riot himself you know he got little his little knee pads on and just just he was even out of place you know for all of us we're looking at because we didn't really believe he was even part of the news initially
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know, we just
3: looked at said uh, he's
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems weird. I mean, without actually being there and, and being able to judge it for myself or seeing all the footage, like we're saying, the police officers, the, the cops here, they have the footage of everything that happened. And there's a reason oh, yeah. why they decided to arrest this guy. And they kind of reacted to this fast enough that you wonder, like, like Tig was saying, why didn't they get in the middle of this in the first place?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I, could see, I could see the one down there, but when they started shoving each other, mm-hmm. you know, when... Uh, and the, and the i think they should have came down and moved in a little bit faster than what they did, because then you know an altercation is about to begin, and you know for that small of a crowd, I mean it wasn't a big crowd over there. Uh, it might have been mm-hmm. a total of twenty, maybe thirty people at the most. Mm-hmm. And again, there's twenty cops right there at that intersection, mm-hmm. where you know again yards away at the moment, And you know they should have started moving in when they you know when they started seeing the shoving going up. Yeah, but I, again. I don't know what their command, you know, obviously, what the rules of what their rules of engagements were, but I think they could have de-escalated. But again, hindsight's, you know, whatever. You don't shoot somebody in the face for freaking being slapped. No, and then also, like you, you would, you should know that that's,
0: if something's going to go bad, it's going to go bad at the end when yeah. everyone's trying to separate out. Go ahead, John. Sorry.
2: Yeah, um, I got a question for Jake. Okay. I heard that uh, that the shooter uh, interjected himself into melee, and uh, I kind of find it weird that a security guard would interject himself into something without, you know, they're there to protect the news crew. Why would he interject himself into something that
3: wasn't a danger to him? Yeah, because again, I think they wanted to get on, on video. I don't think they expected him to shoot him in the face, but I, I expected they, they wanted something, but again, exactly you said, why, why did Tex turn and because he had the agitator in front of him, he was just in the shoving match. He's still going; the agitator's still going at it, and he turns and walks away. I'm trying to figure out why did he turn and walk away and go towards uh, the shooter. That's what uh, that's that's the video part that I. Because you can't hear anything; you can't hear any. Because uh, even though you can hear the other footage, you don't hear any talking from the, from that side. All oh, you can hear, you know, that guy, you know, he he does uh, he hits a, the ass on the ground to collapse it. Mm-hmm. And you can still uh, the agitator talk about it. Oh, you're gonna hit me with that or something like that. Um, and then you just hear this, a spray, and in a, and a, and a gunshot. So, I mean, whatever happened over there happened, you know, again, within six to nine seconds, I think is what it was, but it's, it happened
1: fast. Hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. I, I think that, well, here's, here's, um, just even listening to it and the, the minor research I did before we had this conversation, I really wanted to hear TIG give an account of what happened since he was at least, you know, a part of it, even though he didn't witness the exact thing. Um, One thing, if you are a security professional, your first job to do, A, is to protect whoever your asset or assets is, right? That's your job. Um, And you're supposed to deescalate the situation, right? So when you're looking to deescalate something, even if a guy smacks you across the face, That is your chance to move your asset to protection, right? Mm -hmm. And then if the threat presents to come forward and they start escalating their level of threat to where it does become dangerous, then that's when you, you know, you take the appropriate actions, you know, minimum force necessary to stop the threat after you've attempted de-escalation and calming the situation and making sure that your asset is protected. Well, clearly you know, this dude, credentials or not, had no freaking idea what he was doing. He w- he clearly, just from what occurred, was more out there for himself and looking for opportunity. And I think that points out another general issue we have in America, and it was just really ingrained in this guy. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to clean up my language. Uh, my, don't, I, worry I don't, <laughs> don't worry my, about well, it. Don't worry about it. Sometimes my kids can hear what I say. So oh, I try oh, oh, wait, wait, well, in that case, but, um, yeah. But here, here's the thing. Um, we have too many soft men in America right now. Right. If a guy smacks me in the face, I mean, worst case, you no, know, if I'm at work and I'm doing my job, I got to, you know, I've been hit in the face plenty of times. Mm-hmm. My job, I couldn't just haul off and kill you because next thing you know, I would be behind the bars and I was putting people behind. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understood that by, you know, SOP and rules and regulations of the department, I couldn't do certain things. But even on the streets, if a, if Americans are believing that if I get smacked across the face, then I get to use deadly force. A, by, by law, you're not even in the right constructs, right? You know, serious physical injury and deadly force are generally identified as the two reasons, and um, serious physical injury, which is the lesser of the two, that you can respond to deadly force with is simply that you are at substantial risk of losing uh, the impairment, uh, impairment or the protracted loss of the function function of any major body part. A slap across the face unless you're getting hit by one of those dudes that's like a professional slapper. That's a thing, by the way, if you guys know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Uh, that, that will knock you out. out. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, unless you're encountering one of those guys, mm-hmm. then you're not even fitting the general, you know, kind of broad definition of when you can respond with force. Mm-hmm. So we have too many too many men in America that their nuts haven't dropped yet, right? And so you yeah. believe that something like that res, uh, needs for you to shoot somebody. So I think that that guy, for professional reasons and for just, you know, not having his nuts dropped yet, his nuts dropping a sack yet, um, is kind of a, a representative of the bitch acidness that we need to get out of American culture. Right. And I, I think that is a big problem. Now, I do have a question for John, since, John, you're the, you know, credential reporter here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you. As far as what we know, there are always things we don't know and we'll probably never hear about. But when it comes to these riots, let's take the, like, the ones in the last six months. When it comes to these riots or the conflict, the people at the riots, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, aren't the two deaths. I know we have one was out in Portland, right? Where the guy was kind of jumped. This is one of Kerry Sloan's friends. He was kind of jumped and shot as he was going home from the rally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah that guy. And then we had this, this incident. So I'm just I'm being neutral. I'm being unbiased here, but I'm just asking. Don't we have the the side that identifies as left from both the individuals? Aren't they two murders to none?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, some of the people will say Kyle, Kyle Rent House, but I don't, I don't I think that was self-defense. But, but here's the thing. Um, I've done a lot of research into Antifa, and in fact, uh, like Seven Hills Antifa put me on their list of known fascist sympathizers, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Um, but one of the things that is core to the philosophy is that they think that ideas rises to the level of physical force. So if you have ideas that go against their ideas, they believe physical force is justified against you because it's self-defense.
0: Okay.
2: That's so. their philosophy, in a nutshell. Okay. I mean that's well, not even like I mean, that's, that's, what that's I, an idea too. <laughs>
0: that's
2: what it say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they come out and say that you know that 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 our ideas, um, like from my ideas, I'm kind of, kind of lean right. right is akin to physical violence against them. So they're allowed to use physical violence
0: mm-hmm. in
2: self defense to me because my ideas offend them.
3: Mm hmm. That sounds like a lot like jihadists. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there might be some yeah. ties there. Or
0: no tolerance. Definitely no tolerance.
1: You know what the crazy part is? What I would also like, even the people that are out there, and if you're supporting, if you're, you know, one of these violent Antifa members, right, mm. and if you're one of these violent whatever members, um, even if you take issue with, with, with guys, they take take stands. Here's what I want you to, to to realize: not saying that there aren't problems, and not saying we shouldn't talk about the problems. You know, I'm very vocal about the issues. Mm. However, here's here's what you have to realize from a thirty thousand foot view: the same party that you are representing that exact same party that you are helping, whether you're doing it directly or indirectly or whatever, but that same party um, abandoned me and tig. They left him in a war zone, right? And said, good luck, right? By Hillary Clinton. That's the same woman that Dan, you know, years before stood on TV and left me in a war zone and called me a super predator, right? So this party doesn't mean good for anybody, especially some of the high ranking officials of the party. Let me say that to be fair, mm-hmm. right? They don't, they don't mean good for anybody. So, re- Think about think about it for a second. What you're supporting? Once you've went past the issues and you're helping out with political agendas and you're being, you know, violent and you're doing all these different things and you're helping them out. I want you to remember who you're helping. So yeah, if I was Tig, I have a problem. Leave me in a damn war zone. See how I feel about you when I get home, right? Um, and if you when you left me in a different type of war zone and then said that we're going to cut resources, put all your men in, in prison, these are the people that you are helping. They don't care about black or white. They don't give a damn. They care about destruction and you're being an arm of that destructive branch. And just remember that when you're out there acting a the damn ass.
0: Mm-hmm. Tig, you got... Uh, that was good.
2: But You got to remember most of the people who are rioting and burning down buildings and stuff, they don't look like Kevin or Hank.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, also... You know, they're they're middle class you, you white guys, kids. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, they look like Tig and I, you know. <laughs> right. A lot younger uh. than uh, The middle class white kids
0: mm-hmm.
2: who are told you're fighting fascists, you know, and not realizing that they're using fascist techniques and the same techniques um that the black shirts used in Italy and the brown shirts used in Germany in the nineteen thirties. And they don't realize that they're using the same tactics, and they believe a lot of the same things that they did. Yep.
1: Yep. So, Um, yep. I think that people, and then look at the BLM uh, division, even if you're, well, no, the BLM people that are out there at nighttime are there for destruction, not the ones that are protesting. I'm always going to believe in American spirit of protest. I Mm -hmm. I just do. Even if I disagree with what you're doing, I agree with peaceful protest. I just always will. Uh, However, for the ones that aren't out there for that purpose, and you know damn well that you're not. Um, just, just remember that you know. And if you don't know what a Marxist is, I want you to look the definition of that up. I'm not even going to attempt to explain it. And then look at what it is. Look at who has supported that kind of system. And then you know, go ahead and look up the factual, the, the factual data that the BLM organizers, the organization, the people that run the website, are trained Marxists by their own admission, right? So, just, just I mean, and you're, j- you're just being a pawn. And let's remember.
0: That in the beginning of this uh, lockdown, right, that we're going through, because of a flu, even if it's a a naturally virulent one that came from China, right? Uh, Every time China, I die a little bit on the inside, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, in the beginning of this, what did they do? What did they do? They let the people who were in prison out. (laughs) yeah that's that's always a good idea right so the dudes in prison they let out then what did they do they said to the law-abiding people because i'm sure they weren't telling those dudes in prison you have to wear a mask they're not obviously not planning on putting them back in for that then they're telling the law-abiding people out there who don't want to get arrested who want to follow the rules no you have to put this on if you don't put it on we're going to lock you up right and then what starts happening is when you when when um, there's there's things going on in our country. They've been going on for sure. We've got to deal with it and all that kind of stuff. But when that kicks off and and uh, places started getting destroyed, you know, then it's like, oh well, you know, we don't know what that came from. But you, but you, good guys, you still need to stay home. These guys could come out. They don't need to wear masks. They're not gonna get sick or anything like that. They're not gonna spread the disease, none of that kind of stuff. You stay home. I think the, t- the thing that Tig is saying here is why should I have to stay home if I also have stuff, if I wanna voice my opinion on what we have to fix. Ultimately, if we actually have to fix it, if that's what's important, which I don't I don't believe it's what's important, I think it goes to what Kevin's saying, that ultimately, you know, these guys are just using you, you're a pawn. They want to control you. And then they're using these guys to have us say, okay, no, we're just going to stay away from this. You know, but we can't. We cannot do that. You know, if, if you think back to what happened back when with the Tea Party guys, what happened? Tea Party guys were not staying home. They were getting out there and going, yeah, we're, we're not going to take this crap anymore. We're going to change this thing. And now they're trying to say to, to certain people, no, you don't come out here. Other people, you could come out here. You could, you could. After the protest, I'm, I'm with Kevin on that, right? I think all of us are. After the protest, you could stay here at night, burn every damn thing down, destroy everything. You know, who the hell's going to pay for that? You know who pays for that? We do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, here, uh, well, here's, here's the, th- here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They came out
2: and said that BLM protests do not spread coronavirus. It, it has nothing to do with the spread of coronavirus. But any other type of protest shouldn't happen because it spreads the coronavirus.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, like uh, the coronavirus is uh, socially aware, I guess. Yeah. Well, it doesn't come out after uh, 10 o'clock either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe the fires of the cities burning down and the businesses that will never come back you know, maybe that will will get rid of, of coronavirus.
1: Well, and that's also because people don't understand basic economics, right? Um, so when you are, once again, because I don't want anybody to say, oh, you're glancing past the issues, check my resume, all right? I've, I've, I've talked more about American rights in the last 30 minutes than most people have all their lives. However, when you are, when you are dealing with um, the destruction that way, so everybody's like, oh, the businesses have insurance. OK, you, fa- you, maybe you're factually correct. Right. All the businesses have insurance. They pay their premiums. So let's just say let's just for argument's sake, say all those businesses reestablish something that cost you a dollar now cost you a dollar seventy five. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what happens in that? Because they got to pay those premiums back. Now they have to reinsure with that, with those
0: damages be- being paid out.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like if you wreck your car. What happens when you, you know, you go back, you have enough accidents, you go back, your car insurance. Now, all of a sudden, you know, your rates go up, right? If so some now, idiot
0: runs into the back of me, my insurance goes up.
1: Oh, uh, well, you got the wrong insurance. No, we'll talk just, no, that's just a reality. If you're involved in an accident, even but if it's not you your were, fault, your insurance goes up. How economically it affects people. Mm-hmm. Then you were talking about the people you're living, you're leaving, I'm sorry, in that community. Their wages didn't go up. Mm-hmm. So now something that costs a buck is now a buck seventy five, right? And so now they can afford less. But these are the same people you claim to care about. So when you're when you're you're praising the decay or the destruction and what these uh, kids are running around doing, ultimately, they're going to go home. Right. They're going to go home and you're going to be left with a an area that looks like death and destruction is going to look chaotic. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to want to visit. You're going to have less tourists to the area. You're going to drive the economy down. You're going to kill a lot of different jobs, right? For Mm -hmm. different reasons. And then even if it does boom back, it's going to be expensive. And thus you're going to move in the people that look like the people that are destroying things while everybody else can't afford to be there. So miss me with that. They're doing this for the best of America stuff. If anybody has that mentality, because you're absolutely not doing it. You're helping out uh, big businesses in more ways than you think. And I don't think for a minute, the insurance companies understand if you're there, you're going to pay us, right? So they're not hurting, right? They're going to pass those cost uh, measures down. And if you think, for example, If you think that, oh, let's just say insurance company A insures this building and they have a billion-dollar loss, if they have vehicle insurance or they have homeowners insurance, you're going to notice your premiums are going to go up. They're going to start charging you more, even if you don't live in that direct area. You can live in a different state, but they are about making their money back, Mm -hmm. right? So it's going to cost us all in the end. So it's before you praise it, please understand, people. Please understand, even some of the economical things that it is doing to you, even if you're not living directly in that area, you will fill it one day or another. Yeah. Uh,
0: Let me ask this from Tig, because we haven't had Tig uh, on here for a while, right? Especially since this thing kicked off. What was it that you saw out there that uh, really upset you? Can you, you know, give us some insight on that, of all this stuff going on since we got into this lockdown situation? I think the last time I saw you was at SHOT Show. So that's January.
3: I would say, uh, you know, yeah, I did one rally for pretty much uh, protesting the COVID, you know, the, uh, just watching what the law enforcement was doing to civilians, you know, mm-hmm. you know, arresting, arresting business owners because they wanted to open up so they could feed their kids and their employers could, the employees could feed their kids, um, arresting moms and dads in parks with their kids when they're actually the only ones out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, that's, that's what really kind of started me just pissing me off. Cause again, I, you know, I'll back the cops too, but you know, I can, I can, I'll bash them at the same time I, I back them up. You know, if mm-hmm. you're, you're, I mean, cause that was completely wrong, man. I mean, that was just completely wrong. It should be, it's we're we're in a free society. Business owners should be allowed to open up. I should be allowed to go in that business. If I want to, the business is Hey, could you please wear a mask? Either, either I want something in there enough where I put a mask on or I go to another store, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, we're in a free country. We should be able to decide when and where and how we want to do something, mm-hmm. you know, just, Put out what, put out how it's been spread put out, you know, precautions you can take, but there's no reason to mandate. There's no reason to enforce it. Again, we're grownups. We're not kids. Mm-hmm. You know, this ain't New York. We're not nanny, the nanny nation. But now actually we are the nanny nation and we're, we're abiding by it. You know, I think everybody eventually is going to get COVID. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to obviously affect people different in different ways. Again, it, I, it's obviously, it's a real virus. Mm-hmm. It's really killing people, but not in the way they're saying it. I mean, what initially saying it's going to kill freaking 2 million people or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the virus itself has only has killed like nine or 10,000 people, but with underlining issues, it's killed 200 something thousand people. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that's what, you know, just stuff like that was pissing me off. And then watching the business owners trying to protect their businesses, uh, getting pulled out in the street, getting beat up, that uh, retired officer getting shot for trying to protect his, his, his uh, the pawn shop, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. just stuff like pissing me off. Who died in a fire because the protesters wouldn't allow uh, emergency vehicles to come in? You had an eight-year-old girl who was murdered in the back of the truck by, by I think it was the NFAC organization because they went to a barrier a little bit too far. And she went to go turn around and went past the barrier and they freaking shot the car and killed the eight-year-old girl in the back. You no, know, uh, okay,
1: I don't know. I'm not sure if that was attributed to the NFAC guys. I don't so, think. NFAC. What, let me just say this, John, just because I don't want somebody to take that snippet and use it against you, bro. Yeah. let mean, so let me just. Let me just let me just fix it real quick for somebody you know spends it. So he was not a part of impact. Impact had been there earlier, and they were turned. I believe they were they were said that they didn't they didn't think they were needed or whatever. The guy that did that um, was independent on his own. And when that woman pulled up to that barrier, you were absolutely correct in that. When she pulled up to that barrier and was attempting to turn around, that guy uh, you know shot at the car and did kill the eight-year-old child in the back. So Mm -hmm. just. You're saying it that way nobody takes that snippet and spins it on yeah,
0: you. Yeah. We
1: don't want to give anyone.
0: Uh, first of all, if, if we know better, we don't want to say, you know, something that some that some of us here may realize. And, you know, obviously you're going through a whole bunch of uh, different scenarios there. But there's a lot of horrible things that we're seeing, you know, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember looking at uh, did you guys see where there was someone somehow they got into a wrong situation with these guys and they were in the car and the dog is barking and they're trying to smash and get through this yep. this vehicle yeah. to that guy's dog and all that kind of stuff that I mean, I know this may seem weird, but that just like enraged me. Like,
3: what what the hell are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, it it was, I heard it was he. it was a the same person that they were just with. Mm hmm. What I heard it wasn't even, the, the, yeah. But yeah, it, they just don't freak. They just want to destroy. It's, it's insanity.
0: It's like I saw. A, I think this was in L.A. There was a protest. I think it was a Prius, right? You guys can tell. you could, Someone can tell me if I'm wrong on this one. A Prius right. trying to go through there. A Prius. Yeah, like, so who's driving a Prius? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. Who's actually driving a Prius? That has to be someone who's liberal, right? Uh, I saw someone do a, a LS swap on the Prius. Well, okay, that wasn't an LS swap Prius. That was a Prius that was in the wrong place. That's I've seen that Prius, by the way. But the thing is, is that they decided to go after this person and run them off the road and go it just let them go. If it, it's a lot of times I think looking at this, and I think Pro- Tig probably knows this better than me, but I saw things like this when I was living in Nigeria. It's not America anymore. It's some crazy ass third world country that there's people just running amok and doing whatever the hell they want to. And in any other situation, people will be out there going like, where the hell is America? And we're in America. And I'm thinking, where the hell is America? It's a well, they're,
1: also, they're also messing with people that they know have to have some kind of a patience level with them because mm-hmm. there is this great video just and it's recent. It's definitely this year, probably within the last three months mm-hmm. uh, where they were in L.A. and they were, you know, riding, doing the things. And it happened to be daytime or late night. Right. But either way, you could see and or not in the late night, late evening. And these dudes are running around kicking in windows and stuff. And the next thing you know, you see these uh, uh, rolling 60 Crips come out of nowhere like yo you're gonna cut that out right now and then all of a sudden you see them you know one dude is about to throw a rock and the dude said do it i dare you and they start you know, he dropped the rock and they start walking away so they they understand that these were people protecting their neighborhood mm-hmm. and they understand that there are going to be some individuals that have to you know mm-hmm. be a little bit more patient they have to be a little bit more reserved and they understand there are other individuals you might come up you know they they don't have the same patience level right so they're purposely in my opinion picking on people that they believe have to behave to a certain level mm-hmm. and they, they don't fear the consequences as much. Right. That's why I wanted to point out, like, what is the what is the ratio being non-biased here? Like what side is killed? Who? And you're know, like, like John straight, said, I,
0: straight up walking up and doing that kind of thing. I think with Rittenhouse, that's a different story that when I look at it, I see a kid running for his life. That's getting right. attacked and then defending himself. I understand other people don't see it that way, but when I look at this, the issue before this, you know, it's pretty clear to me that they were out there looking for someone to take out, right? In in case of um, of what's her name's friend, right? Um, and then in this case, it looked like the same thing. Like we're, we're trying to identify someone and bait the bear, get them up to that level where 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 we're rationalized we could do something to them. Um, Tig, I know you wanted to respond to what I was saying before. Do you want to jump in there before you lose your train of thought there?
3: Uh it already it already went.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I got a couple things. Okay. There's a video out there of uh some
2: anti flip kids mm-hmm. spray painting some stuff, and John Jones, UFC fighter, mm-hmm. walks up to him just puts <laughs> out his hand and tell me and it was like spray paint can. Mm-hmm. And the kid very like gingerly just hands it over to him. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, he, he. And that's what that's. I think that's what you're saying is they choose the people they want to they want to mess with. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna mess with John Jones because they'll get killed. Um, and they're not gonna mess with Tig because they'll get killed. So they pick on like the Wink Link or they gang up. It's never a fair fight. They don't want a fair fight.
0: Hmm. Uh
2: And I will leave you guys with this. There's – because i got to take off here. Mm -hmm. But there's a term called uh, youthful idiots. It's very prevalent in the communist doctrine. Mm -hmm. A youthful idiot is a person that you can get to do your bidding by saying, hey, do this. Do this. You need to do this for the calls. And they go and do it when you're actually – Working on a whole entire different angle, like uh, Kevin's saying about, you know, they want to come in and gentrify the area so they get people to go burn it down and property prices drop. Mm-hmm. And it's something that has been used throughout history. And I think that we're seeing a lot of that
0: today. Yeah. When they when they get people scared enough and they get the power they want in order to appease those people they just took the power from, they're going to crush those useful idiots that help them get there. Right? Uh, exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, there was a back in 1990, 1998 and uh, sorry, 1985, mm-hmm. uh, there was a Soviet defector that did a very famous interview and he talked about useful idiots mm-hmm. and how after they uh, they do what they do and they get used up and there's no more use for them. They don't realize that they've been used until the boot of communism or socialism or whatever you want to say, whatever it is, is on their neck. And then they realize, hey, I was fooled,
0: but it's too late by then. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Listen, I know you got to go. All right. I don't want you sleeping in the cold basement or anything like that. <laughs> of <course you're> not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know your anniversary is coming up, so do what you need to do.
2: <laughs> hey,
0: today is um, yeah. 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 Happy anniversary. Uh, uh, We're going to keep going here. You make sure uh, you don't get in trouble.
2: And, Tig, our friend uh, just emailed you back. He needs some information from you to get your problem fixed on social media.
0: All right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, By the way, thanks for reminding me of that, John. So, Tig, one of the things that's happening to you here is, is it immediately, is it right while this event was going on that you got uh, kicked off of Facebook and Instagram or just shortly thereafter?
3: um when some when people heard about the, the shooting they went straight to my page and it was gone mm-hmm. uh, just Facebook uh, but Facebook I mean I was down by by then I was down like almost three and a half four million views a mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. uh, I was holy shadowing me and then uh, Instagram just happened yesterday around noon you mm-hmm. uh, get no, no explanation no nothing just gone yeah. It's weird okay.
0: because I I know I was looking at stuff that um that that had to do with you and then to go on for this today I'm I'm trying to look you up even Lola was like where where's where exactly is Tig, right so so Instagram pulled you off today, uh yesterday, yesterday, okay, um, so and then you've got did you get any kind of messages did you get any any messaging as to why,
3: No. I I was actually been pretty. I've been, I've been pretty good for the last couple months. Actually, uh, I think the last thing that was deleted was about a Kyle, about the incident, and, and uh, mm-hmm. so that uh, over well over what two months now, something okay. like that. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean Twitter. I'm I'm just waiting on Twitter to uh, go away, but I just went ahead and started a Parler parlor account. Okay, so
0: you're on Parler. So here, I'm just going to run this in here for a second, right? Just for anyone who's looking for TIG, I I don't want to miss this because. If he's not on Facebook, this is the deplatforming nonsense that goes on. Yep. So if, if he doesn't have a way to get the message out to you or to say, hey, this this is what's happening to me here, then he's extremely marginalized. So um, if you go to Parlor and just put in TIG, you're going to see John TIG Tegan. Um, and I'm going to follow you right there. Yes, there you go, bam. Um, so that's your... There's his parlor right there. It looks like it's Tig with uh let me see if I could go to that. There you go. So this is uh it's like what is that thing? What does that shirt say? Valor I can't read the rest of the shirt. Oh it's got Benghazi on it, right?
3: Uh it should be my, my logo and an eagle in the background.
0: Oh okay. Yeah, you got. It. Okay, I think I see that. I think I see that. Alright, so there you go. So you're on parlor. Where else are you? On Twitter? Yeah, and just Twitter. Okay. That's a and, uh, and don't it's don't just, it's, go ahead i'm sorry
3: john, i don't know if it's john tig tigan or john, just john tigan
0: let me search it here and then i'll run it in just in case there's a okay yeah it looks like so that's john tig tigan also right above tiger woods <laughs> if you put in tig uh, <laughs> so that's where you guys need to go to uh keep up with john um as well you know i i know this is one of the crazy things about this kind of stuff um, and when things like this go down with the other side, I don't see these same kind of tactics being used.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't really follow any other pages, so I have no idea if what happens no, to them.
0: No, they don't do it. They don't do it. We're the ones that any little thing that we do, um, you know, it's like, hey, this is a reason to take us out. So I think I think that John Crump is uh, talking to someone and working with someone. Hopefully we get that going. Um, what do you think about this whole – what do you think about the whole, like, deplatforming
3: situation? Yeah, they do it every four years. I mean, that's what it seems like. They really hammer down, you know, towards the end. I mean, what – even, like, Tank, you know, he has millions of followers. He gets his count deleted every four years. He's got to start over. Uh, Again, they're just trying to – it goes back to the same thing as the Communist Party that was out there. They're just trying to – they're trying to silence – Um, I'm not conservative or the right, but just just the Patriots alone. They want to silence you because they want to control what's going to happen in the future. I mean, they don't they don't want us to come out. They want us to stay inside of our house. You know, I don't know if maybe that's a whole thing with the covid. But, you know, I mean, they just uh, mandated another 30 days here in Colorado and there's only 266 cases and Mm -hmm. there's billions of people. And I'm like, come on, there's no again. Eventually, we're all going to get it. I believe. I think just the mask is just going to slow it down, which is, which is fine. But again, it goes back to, I should be able to, you know, if I don't want to wear a mask, I don't want to wear a mask. The store wants wants you to wear a mask. Then if you want to go in there, wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, I fly, I wear a mask. Mm -hmm. But when I get on the plane, I take the mask off. I mean, they kick me out of the airport. Well, screw me then.
0: Yeah. One one of the things I noticed uh, recently when uh, when I was traveling is that American Airlines, I don't know what other airlines are doing this, but American Airlines basically said if you which this whole thing's crazy. You have to wear a mask, except if you're eating something. <laughs> then you can take the mask off. It's all good. <laughs> yep. You know, so whether you're on the plane or in the airport, if you're eating something, you're it's cool. So go buy some food. And eat some food. That's, you know. But they're saying like if you if they feel like you're refusing mm-hmm. to wear a mask, they can not only kick you off of that flight or kick you out of the airport, they can ban you from traveling on the airline. Like American Airlines was was telling us that over and over again. Yep. You know. Um, and and then to 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 make it worse, to pour salt on that injury, my tax money is supposed to go to bailing those guys out. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I That's would it. just rather watch everything burn down, and then we're forced to drive where we need to go.
3: Oh, now I remember what I was going to talk about. Okay, <laughs> the train <laughs> <laughs> talking about the bailing out. I mean, uh, the, the, the the other reason why you know Antifa and the antagonizers and stuff why they're so so encouraged is you, you know what the celebrities raise what two hundred million dollars. To bail all of them out of jail if they get in trouble, mm-hmm. and they got law firms that are backing them up pro bono, mm-hmm. so they get out of jail as fast as possible and get the charges reduced or just totally expunged. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's another thing that's going on. that's encouraging a lot of this uh, um, attitude. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a little kid. You know, you don't you don't give the little kid a lollipop if he freaking goes and pees on the couch. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I I um, and this is just a thought. You can tell me if this is totally off base. Uh, By the way, for everyone who's hanging out there with us right now, a couple things I didn't do. Let me do this first. Uh, Smash the thumbs-ups, please, okay? There's enough of you to smash the thumbs-ups. Get us up to 100 of those. Big shout-out to Harry's Holsters uh, for sponsoring the podcast tonight. I forgot to say that. I got got excited and didn't get into it. Um, Tig, does this remind you of tactics that you've seen in other places in the world? As in which which ones. In terms of so for example, let's imagine that we're releasing prisoners. A lockdown is going on, right? People are really worried, get losing their business, all that kind of stuff. Everyone's scrambling for toilet paper because, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse, you gotta wipe your butt. All this stuff is happening, they're releasing prisoners. Then you've got a lot of those people uh, going out there and they're the ones in these in, in the riots and the the burning and looting, those are the same people doing that. And then just like you just said, you've got organizations pooling money to bail them out, you know, so they could go out there and do it again. Does that ever seem, you know, like someone's out there just stacking, you know, the tables against you? And, well,
3: ha- and I mean- have you seen that anywhere else in the world? yeah not 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 on this level that you know not not in person uh you know I know you know Gaddafi he let all the he let a lot of prisoners out when he was falling Saddam did the same thing you know it's it's again it is it's a tactic to try to suppress everybody um but it I mean again it's working if you have zero repercussion I mean they', they have to go to court pay a fine but that's all you got to do and you can go out and just again just do whatever you want mm-hmm. there's a Still, real no repercussion because somebody else's foot in the bill mm-hmm. you just got a night in jail and sometimes it's not even that you go inside and you know you're in there for just a couple hours and you're out mm-hmm. that's why video hey what's your name what's your name they shout their name they're doing the calls for them
0: yeah uh this is a good question from uh dave from down the barrel actually so i'm going to ask this one here let me uh, let me get this. And this goes to both of you guys, right? So I think, you know, Kevin, I'd like you to chime in on this as well. Down the Barrel LLC, that's Dave, shout out to him. He says, uh, what is the completed agenda? What happens when the nail is driven to the head? What's the outcome? Before the credits roll, what is the ending of the movie going to look like if the agenda completes? Venezuela? Hmm.
1: <laughs> I'll second that. Really?
3: Yeah. I, I can't argue that, so. We cannot be silent. We cannot be quiet. I mean, we got to be seen. We got to be heard. And I'm not saying going out there and doing what they do. Don't go use their taxes. Don't go in and just immediately start attacking people and just beating them up. Mm-hmm. their way. Be, the, be that force. You know, like in Idaho, they had thousands of people who showed up when they, when they came to their town. And what did they do? They turned around, got back in their little buses and took off. Mm-hmm. And that's all it took. It didn't take any any violence, no nothing, just power you know, power in numbers. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. and but you have to be willing and ready to actually do violence if you have to. But again, I don't want. I mean, I don't. I don't. I, I think it's just. I think it's stupid. It's childish. It's a, It's schoolyard bullcrap. But that's what they want. And they and again, just like that. You know, Saturday. That's what that you know that uh that aggressor wanted to do. He wanted to, to get in an
1: altercation. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Kevin. Did you want to say something there? Oh, man, I, I have really nothing to add to that. I, I just I agree. I mean, and, and it's the same tactics when it comes to uh, defending your town or defending your immediate neighborhood. I, I can tell you personally, we people that are about, you know, some people, what's the old adage? Some people just want to see the world burn. right? Mm-hmm. And when it, when it comes to that, there is a point to where you have to be able to stand up and say, Enough is enough, you know, and I think what Tig said about being careful about just using their tactics is very important. But when it boils down, um, like when well, you have no other choice, uh, when you really get where your backs against the wall, you know, are you going to let think about think about your town or your, your city like your house? Are you going to let somebody just come tear it up mm-hmm. or are you going to you? at what point do you say, no, nah, that's not going to happen and you do something about it? Mm -hmm. That's up to each individual to come up with that answer. Mm -hmm. But that's the question you have to be able to ask yourself. But I I do that. I do think that we all need to hear what he says. You don't go out there looking for problems. You don't go out causing the chaos and destruction. You don't go out playing their game. Uh, You go out to make sure that they understand that what they're doing is not acceptable. Um, And then if somebody's going to cause you hurt, harm or danger to uh, a point to where you can seriously be hurt or you can die. I mean, there's a little there's this little thing called self-preservation that's ingrained in all of us. And then there's this little thing called the Second Amendment. And if the two need to come together and be executed on accordingly, then so be it.
0: OK. And um, and then the aftermath of that, uh, what should be our mindset in that? Right. I- I'm just asking you guys that question, because I think there's a lot of people who think about that. And maybe that uh, puts a little bit of fear in them. Like, like, that's what we're talking about here. And someone says, hey, so if I go out there and I'm standing up for myself and my neighborhood, my community, and I get into something with these guys, and even if I'm in the right, I'm going to be vilified, arrested, locked up and all this kind of stuff, then what?
3: I mean, they can't, again, they want to scare you to do that because then you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you—it's got it's a risk. I mean, it's a risk you have to take for your country. I mean, people, you know... If if nobody responded to that first shot, we wouldn't be a free country.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Because they're afraid what the British would do to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what's the way that you guys? What's the best way to go about this? You know, if if someone's out there feeling that way, how do they go about this? Do they go
3: out there by themselves? Never go out by yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We'll get crushed in a heartbeat. And, you know, that's why, you know, I started UADF for that reason, because people are asking why well, I, I want to do something. How do I do this? How do I get organized? How can I I don't want to be part of militia, a three percent group. You know, I don't want to be labeled a white supremacist because I you know I want to stand up for my country. I want to defend my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I started United, United American Defense Force. And, it, you know, it's a it's a little baby company, but we have a we have a couple thousand people already on board. We got a couple states that are already standing up. I'm still focusing on Colorado, but. Do not go out alone. You know, get get your neighbors. Start talking to your neighbors. Get to actually finally know your neighbors and get organized. People will say, "Well, it's not in my backyard yet." I guarantee Kenosha had no idea it was going to come in their freaking neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Again, it takes one little trigger, and that's all it takes. You know, it's it's just a matter. Of... So when I, when we went downtown Denver, one thing one thing that I was kind of shocked at. Not not really, but a little bit. The neighbors in downtown, the residents of downtown, started coming at us saying that we were the aggressors, we we were the attackers. When you can literally hear them a block away breaking windows and lighting things and lighting off fireworks, which were lighting buildings on fire. Mm -hmm. But saying that the ones down there causing the agitation and the violence and the destruction. But when we're in neighborhoods, it's a whole different mindset we go into the actual neighborhoods, they're buying us freaking pizzas and all kinds of stuff because they're just thankful that we're there, you know, make sure their neighborhoods are getting destroyed and they're not being attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's, it starts your own house, you mm-hmm. know, it is your own neighborhood and then it grows. But right now I'm going for the whole entire state and the whole entire city I'm doing the on the big side because that's, what's really being destroyed right now. Not really so much in Colorado, but it has happened. They've went in the neighborhoods three times now, and again, they've attacked people in the neighborhoods. They attacked somebody in a wheelchair up in Fort Collins. And it's, it's, it's yeah, we have to start coming together. You can't do it alone.
0: Yeah. Is there a method that um, either one of you guys can give for people listening out there that don't know any better? And then specifically, like you're saying, for the person who doesn't want to be in a militia necessarily what do they do? I mean, I know you have your organization, Tig, and I'm sure the people close to you that, that are in your area can reach out to you, right? I think, do you have a website or something? How do people do that? Yeah, it's FECUnited.com. Okay. So, Charlie. go ahead and say, say that again
1: Fox Echo Charlie United.com. Okay. Um, so, what do people do? Well, I think if you if you um, if you take advantage of if you want to be active and you don't want to be labeled, like Tig was saying, he you know, he went out and started something. That's good. You know, that's what people should be doing. You see a problem, come up with a solution. Uh, if you don't want to be a part of any group or anything like that, you know, at minimum, talk to your neighbors and all of them and kind of see where they stand. Right. Because if things come to your neighborhood, you want to at least understand that the people around you, what their capabilities are, what their desires are. You want to know who's not going to be in a fight with you, who is going to be in a fight with you. Uh, have some resources, understand who has what resources, um, and and really kind of build your own thing, even if you never talk about it publicly, mm-hmm. right? Kind of build your own network and your own system with the people that are around you. And I will say this, if you don't think that this will come to your quiet little peaceful neighborhood, you're sadly mistaken. I grew up in in, in the in the shit. It gets mm-hmm. no worse than the way I came up. And when I decided to, you know, at a certain point, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, raise a family. I'm going to, you know, kind of change my environment. And guess what? I lived in one of those middle-class peaceful areas. You know, we never had a problem. Like if somebody loses their damn dog, it's like neighborhood news. It's like all over the place. Right. It's just, it's what it was. And guess what? One night when I returned home from going down into the riots, you know, I had to go there and and, and do some work, which I've talked about before. I want to talk about now. But when I got home a couple hours later, um, my local news and all their wisdom Decided to uh, put up what areas didn't have police support because of yeah, all the chaos. Died. Right. Yeah. So uh, and yeah. they did it by zip code and with a pretty little map and outlined it. Oh, right. Yeah. And my neighborhood was one of those neighborhoods that was encompassed. And it was at that time, you know, I'm already ready for whatever, you know, whatever comes my way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of thinking nothing really going to happen, you know, like, but I'm ready. But is it really going to happen? Let me get some frosted flakes. Chill out. Won't be that big of a deal. Keep watching the news. Nope. Yeah, it did. It absolutely came. And it Mm -hmm. came in the form of several cars, blacked out, um, different people running around in different people's backyards. And the only way that I was able to call that and get that out of the neighborhood was with an Mm AR-15. Never had to fire it, but I showed up and I I stood out and I was and I was, you know, because it was right outside my house. Like they were literally 35 yards from my front door. And if you think that's happening over here, it's not. So. Um, sometimes you have to be ready to stand up. And uh, and those weren't people out protesting either. Those were people looking for entryways into homes. And we're talking 2.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So you absolutely need to be ready for it. Um, but talk to your neighbors, man. Become organized. Know who's who. Um, know who can do what. Uh, even know what draws people to your neighborhood. One of my neighbors uh, was a local cop and he had his, his cop car outside. Right. So I immediately knew that that's going to be an attention drawer, right? If they come over here and they see it, right? So just understand all those different things about your neighborhood, um, who's around you, who's willing to do work. Uh, Stay quiet with your plan if you need to, Mm -hmm. but be prepared in case you need to as well. Yeah. Did you, what does it feel like? I'm
0: going to ask Kevin. I I want to ask Tig that, but what does it feel like to be in that situation when you realize people are stacking up against you?
1: it's, it's two different feelings. When I was, when I was out in the chaos and I was there helping that other family, um, you know, it was real, but you know what, it's a fight. So I treat fights like fights. They're a fight. Um, and your your job is to have the unfair advantage and win the fight. So it was all about doing the work, having the equipment to do the work, having the the mindset and the smarts to do the work. And once that family was safe and secure, you know, I, I went back home. The difference was when it came to my door, it was heightened because now if I lose this fight, my family dies. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a difference. Like you, you approach it with, with, with caution, but your heart's going to be beating out your damn chest. Now, even though you control that while you're in the midst of it, you realize that the consequence of me losing this is everything. So it's, everything's heightened, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're second guessing yourself on everything that you do. You're, um, you're you're worried about you know what happens if you lose? Where's my family? Are they placed securely? Did I leave them with the proper resources? I mean, hell, when they came to my neighborhood, I went even down the list in my mind in a split second, like yo, did I did I make sure I signed that insurance plan? Mm-hmm. You know, is my family going to be okay? Because it becomes really real, right? And there is no there is no room for error. So it's different than being out in the field versus being in front of your own home. Um, so that's why I tell people to take it serious because it will gut check you quick as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, take. Um you know, I, I guess like the same question to you. I think you, you know, you obviously have famously been there. I don't know. I don't think that was probably the first time in your life, right? We were talking about security, and I know you did a kind of security, right? Um, yeah. In your life. W- what does that feel like, man, when you realize that people are actually stacking up with the intention of doing something to you and yours?
3: Yeah, it was exactly what Kevin said. I mean, you're, you, for the first, i was for the first the first time it actually happened in real life i mean you, you got tunnel vision i mean your vision went i mean you are focus on one thing um but then initially then you you start to calm down you start to again process everything you're thinking through you know just like you know that night you know i'm thinking like you know just think about the family like back home Is everybody okay to do this to do that just like Kevin was saying it's a whole um, so when you're rolling into something, I mean, your mind is racing on every possible scenario you can almost think of. Um, and at the same time, you know, like you're looking, you're checking you're reassessing, you're, you're moving and every second you're reassessing and it's, it's just over and over and over. And I think coming at, you know, at your house, it, it is, it would be different. I haven't had that yet. I um, mean, I had some people that set up my corner doing drugs, but you know, it's nothing like having a, you know, people actually coming at your house for you, but. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're definitely being a little different mindset there than you would be out actually working on the street. Um, but again, your drone is going to be, you know, you're pumping. That's why you know a lot of people when they just do back just the training when you just do sit there and stand on a line and just shoot. That's not training. Um, and you you got you got to shoot and move and you got to put yourself under stress under physical exhaustion because uh, it really helps you focus when the, when the real shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised when you're actually in it, how focused you can really be, but I've seen some people break too. I've seen some people that that would run away, even, even in the military over there in contracting, we had a bunch of people, not a bunch, I'd say about a handful there in the 10 years that, you know, they, they went in the head when something happened and they never been in it. So you don't really know what you're going to do. But you can as much as possible but
0: mm-hmm.
3: i'm coming to the house that's a whole nother ball game mm-hmm. in my mind mm-hmm.
0: it's a sobering uh thought that uh i guess out, out of all of us kevin you're the only one who um actually had to do that on the outside of it right now looking back what are the things that are important for people out there because there's people who are resistant to the idea of what you guys are saying that you need to be trained and prepared for stuff right um and I, I listen. Everyone's free. I believe in freedom. You don't have to do anything, if you don't yep. want to. Um, but what was the stuff like? I'll I'll start with Kevin on this one. You know, what is it from from here? Looking back on that, that you think was the most important thing that you tr- that you trained for or prepared
1: for when that came down. You know, to be totally honest with you, when I first started. Um, to get professionally trained on defending yourself and things like that. It was don't lose, refuse to lose. And that's all I remember. I, I refused to lose. Uh, if it meant that I was going to be shot to hell, if it means I was going to be stumped out, you know, I was still going to stand as the victor. So you have to have that kind of mentality that you can win. Now to Tiggs point, if you think that mentality is going to be there simply because you went out and shot a box of ammo on a static range and you can, you know, hit the zone on a man-sized target at 10 yards away Repeatedly, and you think that that's training, that's a start, but that is not training. You need to really understand um, what stress will do to the body. Um a lot of people haven't even uh, been in a physical fight, like a real fight, right? And mm-hmm. so they don't understand what that desperation is like. So that for me, I was actually thankful that at least if nothing else, that I have trained, I have been under stress. I'm not gonna say i'm I'm the best fighter in the world or anything like that, but I was better than the people that approached me that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all, it's all about being the best you can be and really getting out there and putting yourself to it. Because if you don't, I'm going to tell you what will happen. If you don't, when it comes your way, you are going to feel inadequate. You're going to be scared. You are not going to understand how to respond to certain things. And you will you will flee the problem with if it comes to your door. Right. Which I hope it doesn't for anybody, man. Mm-hmm. But if it comes to your door and you have the flight mentality, you could lose everybody that you love and that's just the reality of it. You right. can lose everybody that you love and the way things are going now, the people that did it won't even be prosecuted. They won't even be found. Mm-hmm. There'd be nothing to investigate, right It's just another tragedy that happens between you and your inner circle that you talk about you know for the next 10, 15, 20 years. but um, yeah get collateral out there damage of this bullshit that we're
0: going through that no one's
1: gonna remember yeah like you said and no nobody's gonna gonna remember. Care about you. nobody's yeah. gonna care about you. you realize when it comes to your front door, especially if you're the alpha of that area, you realize that, you know, you're on your own. And if you haven't trained for this, if you think playing Call of Duty and watching, you know, cool movies is all it takes and, you know, buying all the guns and maybe having a a few thousand rounds of ammo stashed, if you think that that's the thing, man, I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I, I hear guys all the time, well, I got you know, you know, 45 guns and I got this and that. I was outside with a handgun, an AR-15, two P Mags, and three pistol mags. And that's all I had. I wasn't able to carry that damn army around with me. And I got way more than 45 guns. Mm-hmm. Right. So you really, you really realize that to lose is everything. And to win is the only option. So don't be on the losing side of it. Don't be inadequate uh, to the fight. And you at least need to take a fighter's mentality out there with you that if I have to go down, I'm giving you every damn thing I got, and some of you are coming with
0: me. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Dan H. you. says, I've seen all the Home Alone movies. I'm ready. <laughs> so I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. okay. What was Brilliant. that? <laughs> John Wick. John Wick. Oh, you've seen all the John Wicks. Okay, good. Um, I think, so just before before I asked you that same thing, Tig, Um, It goes back to something that we said in the beginning of this, right? Uh, Maybe some people never got slapped before. And I think that's almost like a rite of passage of manhood. You know, if you and and I forgot where I first heard this, but just like think just look around right now. Right. You know, whoever's out there listening to us, have you ever got slapped in the face before? Because if not, you you know, you've never you, you don't know. You don't know what that's like. You were never actually in a fight. I'm not saying that that is the fight for your life. But if you don't know what that is, you might go to the level like what we're, you know, the whole subject of what we're talking about here, that this security guard got slapped in the face. And then that and then someone took out Mace and they were like, hey, this is I'm fighting for my life all of a sudden, you know, and you don't really realize the difference of what is really a fight for your life. Yeah. You know, Um yeah, so, Tig, I, I think, you know, um, the same the same question goes to you, man, if you can remember it at this point.
3: And I got the gist of it. I mean, mm-hmm. just, but I think, uh, you know, obviously, the, i got had a lot of just going through the military, and go, you know, just a lot of that training, obviously, it... It helped me through everything that I've been going through. You know, it's it's a lot of the discipline, you know, working under stress, firing under stress, firing under pressure, firing exhausted, stressed and pressured. Um, You know, it's, you know, so that I kind of have it, but again, I could, you know, you could still, if you don't deal with it all the time, you lose it. I mean, you lose that edge, you lose that ability. Use that. That's why people say, go to the range, practice, you know, drawing from the holster, practice from, you know, your concealed carry don't don't go on the range and practice how you don't carry practice how you carry uh a lot of people they don't you know i i you know i practice you know shooting from two different carried positions you know concealed. you know appendix inside um just depends on where i'm at and what i'm doing where i put it you know mm-hmm. but it's is, is it a down down fault yeah sometimes it is because you know under stress you may forget exactly where it's at
0: you may be mm-hmm.
3: free up could, but it's, a, you know, it's just a matter of going out there and actually practicing and doing it and try to put yourself under exhaustion. And but, you know, it really was. I mean, my my stepping stone was wasn't the military, wasn't the Marine Corps. That's you know, that was that was the biggest thing that's helped me through everything.
0: OK. Um, and, and then, you know, the whole subject that we're talking about now uh, kind of brings up something that I was wondering about. Right. And I can't remember whether or not I asked you about this before, but. What you've lived in your life that we all know about, how do you feel about that as someone who, a lot of times, those of us on the other side fetishize that? Do you, do you see what I mean by that? You know, we look at your experience, maybe we look at movies and things like that, and somehow it becomes this, like, weird thing. Do you do you ever notice that?
3: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's it's an adrenaline rush, man. It really is. But, you, you know, it, you get that, that adrenaline, I mean, you get dry mouth, you get, you know, you get so focused on mm. racing, You're racing, you know, that night, He's like people say, well, how'd you do it? Well, really, I mean, it was just the easiest way I can explain. It was just a robot mode. Mm. I just flowed through the whole entire motion. I mean, the whole time you're thinking, but you know, it's the, the years and years of training just kind of kick in and you just flow with it. I mean, you really do. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're trying to think, 30 steps ahead but then something happens and you got to rethink everything you're just going to do too so but you know it it is a fantasy it is a it is something especially a a lot of kids that's why you you know you play cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers you know you just want it's that that throwing rush you're kind of looking for Mm -hmm. you know but a lot again when you're in it some people they just don't deal with it very good afterwards and there's some dude they just they you know that's why they keep going overseas over and over and over because it's a rush. It's a, it's an addictive. It really is. It can be addictive. Mm -hmm. Um, But as long as I think it also, because if you're with the right group of people that you can count on with your life and you know, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you stay alive and you make sure that they stay alive. I mean, it, it is, it, it can become almost a fantasy and I get it. Why people you at home. That's why they play call of duty. They want to try to get that, that feel, Call of Duty is nowhere close to the real thing, but I kind of get, you know, kids they play, because, again, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Um,
1: but how does Resident it... Go ahead. Of go ahead, Kevin, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil scared the hell out of me, so I'll stay away from Resident Evil, <laughs> Resident Evil yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, get, I get queasy just playing Zelda, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. But how, how does it feel, though, man? Like, you lived it, right? And People see the movie, and then when people are around you, I've observed it, right? And I always wonder, like for you, that you lived it. And then, you know, like, even how does it feel when you see someone playing you in a movie? And then you see that people romanticize, fetishize that thing that you went through. And then I observe you just trying to be a regular guy. Like I've looked at you, whenever I'm around you, you're just trying to have fun. You know, you're a happy-go-lucky guy. And I'm asking myself, like, is it tough to do this all the time, right? Like if I see you at SHOT Show and people are reacting to you because they know who you are, there may be people who are tuning in now and they don't even know. I saw that earlier. Someone was like, hey, who's that guy? And and, and it made me like laugh to myself because I was thinking you probably would rather be that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, I'm still not used to it. I still, you know, it's like, it, it's just weird. Um like when people come up and they find out who I am all, I apologize. I didn't know who you were. I didn't know this. I'm like, I don't really, i actually wish you didn't know who I was besides just me. Um, you know, again, going, you know, being contracted for 10 years, you know, again, it wasn't my first rodeo, you know, it's been quite a few since then. And I think that was probably, wasn't the worst, but it was definitely the longest, Mm -hmm. uh, it was the one where, you know, you didn't, you kind of knew you didn't have no backup, but you were just kind of wishing for it because it could have went a lot worse. You know, if, if that final militia that actually came and got us out of there, if they would have been the enemy. Mm-hmm. I definitely would they would have, they would have mowed us down in within minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, it's really hard. I don't really, it's been, it's been so long. I mean, I still kind of know how it felt but you don't really know how it feels you know how you were thinking at the time but how it really felt i just don't i really don't think about it too much i never even then i didn't because it, it was just a job it was something i was doing and i won, and you know that's how i took it um you know but I, I think like the ones that want to fantasize it fantasize about it you want to fantasize about it until you're actually doing it and you're trying to treat somebody who has a leg blown off a bolt through their head or something like that then you're like man i wish I was not
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I I had this kind of conversation with Kevin recently and I was saying you know what's funny like we're all little kids you know and then we all grow up and we go through stuff and then we all get old remember me I think I told you that really recently right (laughs) and then we all have to live with that you know Um, I think that's the thing that everyone needs to realize out there we're all going to somehow have to like face the same things not at the same time maybe you live your whole life and it's peaceful and awesome at some point it's got to come to an end and you have to face it and it's going to be scary but but normally in the life of human beings it's going to be multiple times like that yeah you know?
1: and, and, and pigs you know i say it you know, really, he's he's easier to deal with than you think. The first time we met, we kidnapped him, put him in the back of the Camaro, and fed him liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you think that was a kidnapping? Hey, hey, look, it's a true story. <laughs> the true. That's how I met this man. I man, we were we were at some something in Dallas, and um, and he was there. Was a bunch of people there, and um, mm-hmm. we 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 got to talk, and we we had a, a brief conversation, and you know, we were all drinking, you know, responsibly having, you know, adult time. And then that led to us going, you know, we, we literally, me and Maj kidnapped him, put him in the back of a Camaro mm-hmm. and we drove uh, to a different spot and we set out for man, probably four or five hours and just talked. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that one thing about Tig that I can say is, uh, just, uh, you know, taking nothing away from what he did overseas. Uh, you know, I would never do that, but even meeting him, he's just a, he's just a guy. He just wanted to be one of the guys. He just wanted to, you know, to, to just hang out and be treated like a regular Joe. So I can actually say what he's saying is valid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, and it was, just, and I loved it because you know it was just a bunch of guys, different backgrounds, different experiences, um, you know, having a good time and having drinks. But yeah, if you ever want to get TIG and Tifa, here's what you need: you need a good bottle of bourbon and a Camaro. <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness! Why <laughs> are you? Why are you, <laughs> Why are you even? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that, that was a long night. Yeah, it was, and it was. That was. It was a good night,
0: though.
1: It was a good one. Yeah, you guys. I can imagine you guys had fun. I have a running joke. When people saw with that photo, I think it was me, uh, him and Argo or somebody. And, um, I like to say, well, you know, the first time I met, uh, Tig, we literally, we, we damn near spent 13 hours drinking. So he just likes 13 hours. Like whatever <laughs> you do, doing the 13 hours. <laughs> it was a good night though. It was a real good night. But no, Tig, he's, he's a, a 100% dude, um, which is why I can even value his opinion. So when I, when I watch him give an opinion, I've I've met the guy. Right. So it's real easy for me to sit down and digest it and not take it so damn personal. I wish everybody in America could get to that. point. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I've you know what? I I kind of see the same thing, man. Um, Obviously, you know, I I don't drive Camaros and drink like these dudes. You know what I'm saying? But I see that. I see that fun side of you. A lot of times it seems like there's a little kid in there that is just trying to that kid's just trying to have a good time.
3: That's an everybody,
0: man. Everybody
3: wants to.
0: Yeah. Lola. Go ahead. I watch it every now and then. Yeah. Lola's, by the way, Lola's uh, throwing up the FECUnited.com. She's throwing up the link out there for the people who want to see that Uh, before we start wrapping up here, Tig, this whole thing that went down. I mean, I appreciate you coming on here, talking about it. I know you're going to be out there um, talking about this a little bit more to folks out there as uh, time goes on. What what's the what's the takeaway that you want us all to
3: get from this? I, you know the, the sad thing is you got to be prepared for anything. The fact that you had a, a, a news organization, news agency, who actually had an agitator and a shooter with them, and they and it really is their fault that it happened. Um, they they brought they caused the whole entire thing. I mean, if they wouldn't, if I believe they would not be there, Lee would still be alive. The agitator may have still been there, but again, I I think they all came together because within seconds of him showing up, you know, they showed up. But again, we we need the biggest thing is we got to come together. We got to we start uniting like we were back in the day when we always helped each other instead of fighting each other. You know, where we knew our neighbors. Uh, you know, we we talked with the, we just talked with the neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know you know, I live out where I live, you know, it's, it's a huge 40 acre properties out there. You know, I, I don't know all my neighbors, but I know about eight of them, which is, you know, that's pretty, we don't talk all the time, but I know them. I know, you know, if I need something, they know if they need something, we can kind of go back and forth to each other and help each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have, we have little things set in place. If something does happen out there, you know, we can, we can help each other out. Um, you know, it's a little bit more now since everything that's going on. I mean, I'm getting, I get death threats now, um, just, again, I haven't done anything. I have not engaged with them. I have not even, again, the only time I engaged was the first, first night I went out there. And again, a lot of the things that they're, that they want, we want, mm-hmm. we want, just not in the same way. We want, you know, you know, we want justice, just, just like they do. Mm-hmm. There are cops that need to be off the street and they but, but we need better cops on the street. You know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, that we want that they want, but they just, they went in a different way. And, just, just the fact that we have minor differences, it's to them it's huge. It's not minor, uh, but it, you know, us Patriots let, letting these people intimidate us, keeping us in our house, not 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 going out and celebrating and doing what we want—that's not America. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to start telling them, no, we're done. We're tired of your crap. And you know, if you can't be out on the street peacefully and engage peacefully, then you don't you don't need to be out on the street.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, Down the Barrel asks this question. I think this is a good question also from Dave. He says, can people train with TIG or NOC? And if so, how do we set that up? Um, uh, Kevin, do you want to take that first?
1: Uh, yeah, you just go to go over to uh, uh Right now, you can sign up to get an email alert where you'll be the first to be notified of the classes. But quick rundown. The Ultramaster is yes, you can. We have training classes coming up Um Easily, South Carolina is next up on the list. Rifle class. We also have pistol and rifle in Atlanta, Georgia, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we got Dallas. Alaska is coming up. New York is coming up. So, yeah, just get on the um, website and, you know, or in, uh, DM me on Instagram and we can get you set up with some classes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know,
0: I think one of the most important things I've heard Kevin say it, you know, um, there's lots of things that could happen to you, but you might have to save someone. I'm not going to get into anything, Kevin, but oh. I actually saw Kevin do just that what he tells you guys to train for he not only trains people and and talks that like i actually saw him go into action uh in something related to that i'm pretty proud of him and uh you know i i can't say how uh, important that is and how valuable it would be for you to take that time lola is throwing up a link out there so you guys can at least see it and what you can do please go support kevin dixie and no other choice okay uh if, if if for no one else but me, please do that. Um, all right, so Tig, the same question goes to you, man. If someone wants to train with you, how can they how
3: can they do that out there? Is that even possible? No, I actually I'm not doing any of the actual training. I mean we, we do some in house with a UADF, but I would I'd
1: probably go with Kevin versus training with me. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe i can convince pig to come to a training class and then we can let people know he's there because nobody's going to get threats at a class with everybody with guns right
3: <laughs> you know training people it's a technique man and it, yeah. you know i really do it it's, mm-hmm. it takes it's a it's a technique to train people the correct way right way you have to see how they're how they're doing the personality and i'm pretty sure kevin's got it down so mm-hmm. um i mean I've, I've done things here and there but it, i've been out of the training. I mean, I go out and do my own thing, obviously, and I train for like the tactical games and stuff like that. But that's a little bit different for actually training somebody. Again, that's a different mindset in itself, and you have to be structured for it. And I think Kevin's probably a better deal for you, anyway.
0: Yeah, there's the coaches
3: and the coachable. Yep, I'm definitely coachable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how can so how can the folks out there who who are listening to this, who are watching this? And they want to support what you're up to, Tig. If we, you know, just give you one more chance to tell them, I know you got a few things going on. So, how can those guys get out there support you?
3: You know, I'm a humanitarian organization, is really how I'm basing it off of them. We've done uh, two search and rescues. Uh, one was more of a search recovery, and but it was a, a female that had been missing since Mother's Day. And then uh, the recent one was up in, uh, here in Colorado, and it was a search and rescue for a three year old a uh, little girl that went missing, but unfortunately it wasn't a good ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have still in up finding her. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, just protecting and defending the community, teaching you how to get organized. It's again, we're still, we're still in the mud thing. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, clear yet, but mm-hmm. uh, coming along slowly, um, not very smoothly, but it's coming along and just being honest. Uh, but again, we have, we have, you know, again, we're in, we're in the thousands of members that have signed up and stuff. So it's, it, it's growing it's a very slow pace. Um and I am I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm preparing for the election day when I think it's gonna I think it's gonna explode. Um when when finalize whether it when uh, whether if Trump wins or if Biden wins, it's gonna be chaos through the streets. Um unfortunately I, I hope it's not, but that's I'm just basing it off of a lot of things that's going on. If you watch like sporting events, when their team wins, they go out and they, they destroy things not as bad. But that's how I'm basing off. Like if the left wins, they're going to destroy things. And if Trump wins, they're really going to destroy things Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's what's going on. But, uh, you know, it's FECUnited.com. It's a it's a faith, education, commerce organization. And United, the UADF side is is the defender protection side of it.
0: Okay, very cool. And And I would encourage folks out there to not only follow Kevin Dixie on the social medias that he has. Typically, you're going to find it under NLC, right, Kev? Yeah, the real NOC on all your social medias. Yeah, yeah, the real NOC. And then with Tig, just look for John Tig Tigan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure once you get to the TIG part of it, uh, Tig's going to come up. Uh, he's on Twitter, he's on Parlor, not on Facebook or Instagram right now. Hopefully, we'll get that back. But just follow him, keep track of him, and, and try to do whatever it is that you guys can do out there to support that. I'm going to um, wrap everything up right now. You guys stay right there. Don't go anywhere, Tig. Don't jump. Don't drop out yet. I still have a couple more things I have to do. Have to do here. Big thanks to Harry's Holsters uh, for uh, sponsoring the podcast here. Please guys go to hankstrange.com. Let me run in the end. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And uh, you know we're, we're gonna rip out the audio from this and send this up to. Uh, all the places that you can listen to audio to audio out there, like iTunes, etc. We've got lots of people listening to it, and we appreciate you guys. Um, I just want to say for the last time, big thanks to Kevin Dixie for coming through here, um, as well as John Komp. I know John's not here right now. Big thanks to him for coming through. Big thanks for John Tig Tigan for dropping in on us and uh, talking openly about things that's going on currently. Hopefully you guys appreciate that and go out there and follow both of these uh, good fine gentlemen, Patriots, Patriots all uh, who wants the
3: last word. Good that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll am i say this. I'll, I'll say the last word. Um, there's two things you got to remember. Just put it, put it in the back of your brain housing group. 16 seconds. 16 seconds. Okay insects. seconds. Absolutely.
0: You got it. You heard it, guys. We're out. Peace.